is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, much to discuss here tonight. Uh, You can, uh, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. The continued downfall of the city of Detroit has yet again hit the news. Of course, we've uh, talked quite a bit over the last couple of years about uh, about the various different economic circumstances that are facing certain states and local governments and Detroit has certainly been Michigan in general is is pretty bad off and Detroit has certainly been one of the hardest hit. Uh, and by the way, joining you this evening, it is Ian. Michelle and Mark. So, uh Detroit as we reported recently, they were talking about cutting out what was it 20% I think of the city's actual area 20% of the, the 139 square miles. Well, they're not going to give up the area. They're just not going to take care of the roads, the, right. uh, the, the street lights, or anything on it. The wealthy communities, it. right? Well, no, yes. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they no. <laughs> they'll be cutting out uh, some areas from services. You're right, Mark. But they'll likely still be sending tax bills uh, to, those, uh, to those poor people. The gall just amazes me. Yeah. I mean, so, what are they going to do if you don't decide not to pay your taxes and you're in that 20% of the area? Yep. So you've got those situations. And then there's also the financial uh, aspect where, which of course is driving a lot of this, uh, where essentially it's not the good old, you know, the, it's not the, the, the good times anymore for the city governments. Uh, they used to be, they were used to being able to just continually increase taxes. And you, there was all kinds of economic uh, success out there for them to mooch off of because the government is just a parasite and it requires. People like us, people like you, to go and you know create wealth so they can well, it's a, siphon some of it off for it themselves. It is a parasite, but it's the kind of parasite that, like, you know how so many of those animals will uh, copy things that are real? Like, for instance, the king snake will look like the coral snake in order to not get eaten or whatever. You are familiar with these? I'm not, no. I mean, oh, I, I see where you're oh, coming really? from. The, the monarch butter, butterfly yeah. is like, yeah. Well, there's another one called the viceroy butterfly. Uh, they're, they're similar to one yeah, another, yes. And, and so it's a parasite that, that mimics... Like the, 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 the industrious class. So they'll have things that people want, like trash pickup and police and fire departments and things that people do really want in their lives. They'll just make those things unproductive. Uh, they'll make them so that they don't uh, service their customers very well. So they're, they're a parasite that, that pretends to look like something it's not. So that's the vocabulary word for the night is mimicry, people. There you go, mimicry. <laughs> so you've got all kinds of financial problems, uh, not just Michigan, of course, Illinois, California, a couple other places. We've uh, certainly focused on some of the worst off. And now the news out of Detroit is that the state has ordered Detroit to close half of its schools. Associated Press reporting that state education bureaucrats have ordered the emergency financial manager for the Detroit public schools to immediately implement a plan that balances the district's books by closing half its operation. The Detroit News says the financial restructuring plan will increase high school class sizes to 60 students. 60 students! In high school! Wow. I mean, I've never heard of anything like that in my life. It's like a college lecture. Can you imagine the things you can be getting away with in that classroom? Right? No. (laughs) They probably require kids to go to school until they're 18 in this state, too. 
Odds are good. Uh, they consolidate operations. Uh, state Superintendent of Public Instruction Mike Flanagan says in a letter that the state plans to install another financial manager who must continue to implement the emergency financial manager's plan after he <laughs> leaves. this guy leaves. It's the, like, I'm getting off this ship. That sounds like Atlas Shrugged. Say that again. The what emergency plan? The, the uh, Implement the emergency financial manager's plan after he leaves... On June 30th. And so that's pretty much all there is to say. There's not much more to the story here. Not a lot of detail, but it's very interesting. Closing 50% of its schools, essentially increasing, you know, doubling class uh, class sizes. I wonder if there have been a closure of private schools in conjunction uh, with the, Good question. You know, the, the downturn in the economy and how the private sector... Um, in education has had to respond. I would guess there has been because, I mean, if you look at Detroit and its population over the last few decades, it has gone down significantly. Mm -hmm. There's a, a whole lot less people in Detroit this decade than there were, say, two decades ago or three decades ago. Yeah, so, I'm sure that you've seen some uh, public schools, or excuse me, some private schools close their doors, but you can't, because it's a private school, because it uh, services its customers in just an entirely different manner, you don't see the, the far-reaching implications. A private school is going to shut its doors. It's going to know to some extent ahead of time things are going poorly. We're going to be shutting our doors in a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Here, you've got the emergency shutdown. I mean, these bureaucrats have been running in the red every day they've been open. So they, the, the running in the red is easy for them. They're, they're used to it. Sure. And these are only high schools or? Oh, no, I don't believe that's the case. I'm pretty sure they are closing half of its schools. So what happened to George Bush's um, mandate that there could not be more than 22 kids per class, I think it was, I up through third know. or fourth grade? I, I don't know anything about that, Michelle. I, I'm not sure. Was that the no child left behind thing? Part of that, yes. Hmm. Well, now I would imagine that would mean that it would be attached to some sort of federal money, right? Because that's typically how things work Correct. is the feds will say, well, you need to do this and this in order to receive Actually, no, money. it was just that they could not. Um, this is back when my kids, I believe, were in grade school. So uh, the the rule, the you know rule mandate was that there could not be more than 20-something students per class through third grade, period. Through third grade. Yes, so that doesn't apply to high school or anything else. Right, which was why I was asking if it was I only see. high schools or Good all schools. Good question. But yeah, this says close half the schools in the Detroit, the city of Detroit. So half of them going to be shut down. Just wondering, you know, I don't know if there's really even a question to ask about this. Are you upset? <laughs> well, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, maybe this will give some parents the incentive to get their kids out of these government schools. Maybe well, just an extra little push for I'd some I'd say it's a win and a success for our side. <laughs> well, I, I'd say that it's a, it's, a, it's a lesson for people. I mean, you know, this is some hardship for some folks that, that didn't see this coming. You know, it's sad that they wouldn't, but you'd think, you'd think they would, but at this you point... You mean the teachers? No, people whose parents kids are going there. Or, parents. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teachers, it's a hardship for them, too. Well, how's it going to be a hardship for them? They're just gonna, their kid's going to go to a different school. The bus is going to go... And have 60 up. kids in his class. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's awful. I mean, that sucks. Uh, I mean, it's a hardship. It's terrible. People put their trust in this system. They expected it to work. The government said that they'd make it work. Yeah, but how much but worse is, is a government school going to be at 60 kids versus 40 versus 30? I mean, there could be, be a knifing in the back of the room, and they'd never know <laughs> at this, li- this size of the class. The, uh, the But the, the point is is that I think Detroit is a is a good example of the way the United States is going. 
the, you know, Detroit was this huge manufacturing place. They put out lots of uh, stuff. They put these, the, as a result, the, the city government created this big Fabian socialist complex where they were going to take care of everybody and do mm. such a great thing. Uh, they, but it kind of led with the unionization. Yep, the workers' of, rights. Right. I was going to, I should have mentioned that uh, in the early portion of uh, the example. But so many things about Detroit are so similar to the rest of the United States. People have decided to leave. There's uh, there's an exodus of between three and four hundred thousand Americans every year out of the United States. Where are they going? What? Who? Who's mm. leaving? Which is it? The productive class that's going? Is it just retirees? Odds are good. Uh, odds are good. I mean, you start increasing regulations and taxes, and you make it more difficult for people to live. And the people who are productive and the people who are out there creating wealth by offering products and services are going to find somewhere else to do it. They're going to go somewhere else. We've seen it over and over again. And the city people don't know what to do about it. They, they freak out and they increase taxes and they think that's going to solve the problem for them because their revenues start yep. going down and as, as these they people in, leave. As they increase the taxes, people are, more people say, oh, I'm, I'm sick of this. Yep, I'm leaving. Pack it up. And then, and then you know, more people go and they get to the point that they're shutting down services on city streets in Detroit. They, uh, you know, they sold their, uh, their stadium there, was for sale for $600,000 a couple of years ago, which I just thought was crazy. $600,000. At the time... I think my house was th- worth 300000 right. So, you know, I mean, it was, I, you could live there. But the Red Wings have had a full stadium. So people can afford to go to hockey games. I don't know. Or, they, or, the, government, or the government decides the, that it's worth financing that. Because, mm. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that all those, uh, the Tigers, the Lions, the Red Wings, I would imagine all those businesses are taking a real hit. Mm-hmm. It's probably the, the taxpayer that's propping them up. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI tool-free line. We've got all kinds of stuff here. Everything from corrupt cop stories to someone dying from too much video games, too many uh, hours logged. Uh, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features, including our mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can just visit m.freetalklive.com. To get quick access to our live streams as well as the podcast, go to m, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com. And get ready because the biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011 is coming up this June 20th through the 26th. It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Free Talk Live will be there broadcasting live. But uh, the real reason to come out is because hundreds of other like-minded 
liberty-oriented people will be in attendance. They'll be camping out. There will be tents and RVs, and there's even a motel if you're not into the uh, the whole camping scene. So, uh, But if you are into being with like-minded, liberty-oriented people, this is the event to attend. It's an incredible experience. There's going to be everything from family fun to agorism in action, uh, live performances as well. Porkfest has something for everyone who loves freedom. You can go to porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com to get registered today. Early bird registration is 25 bucks for the whole week, and you can use our discount code to save 20%. Uh, the code is Free Talk Live without any spaces. So just put Free Talk Live in, run it all together, and you'll save 20% over at Porkfest. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Our number here tonight, 800-259-9231. And we were talking briefly during the break, Michelle. Uh, I said we we're going to have it out tonight. <laughs> And so we might as well do it now because oh, you know the show could the show could get a little busy <laughs> later on. Uh, people may start calling and we may never get to it. Do we? Are we going to hug after? Oh, I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, I don't okay. have any I hard just feelings. Make sure, toward, I know. I just want to. I don't sure have any hard feelings towards you. What happened over the weekend uh, was <laughs> there was a little Facebook spat between Michelle and I, and. Because you really? loved, so, I totally did not think that that was a spat. No, well, you, you, you said, said I was being a flame Don't listen to him. Well, you you, said, I thought you were being a little defensive. Okay, but, well, I didn't know. think I was being defensive. But. I might have been being a little bit of a little redheaded Tasmanian <laughs> devil instigator. So, so my my critique of what you had said, you for some reason you uh, mentioned some friends you're going to visit. I think next week. I'm leaving Thursday. Okay, so you're go. So does that mean you will? When when are you? I will be back? back Sunday, taking a six a.m. flight. So I am here. You are to- totally here for the show. I okay, am. that's good. So uh, <laughs> so we won't miss Michelle next week, but she's going out to San Antonio with some friends, some old friends from what Nashville or something like that. Or? No, they're actually from Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to college together. Oh, gosh, over twenty years ago. Well, no, five years ago. <laughs> 22 um, so um so yes so we went to college together and the reason why we're getting together you know um there as opposed to here which is what we had planned on doing initially was that they were going to come for liberty forum and it had which been, unfortunately was canceled correct and due, due to some uh, i would say poor decision making on some people's parts without getting into further detail yeah i honestly i have no idea uh, the reason for for Liberty Forum, I just know that it was canceled, and I had, I would say, between ten people and a dozen that were going to come for, uh, and some were going to be staying at my house before, some were going to be staying after, but we were all, they were all, we were all going to go to Liberty Forum together. Sounds like fun. Yeah, and um, from all over, and it, I was really excited. Um, and uh, so, in any case, that was canceled, and they opted to not come. At, you know, at all. And um, so that's why I'm going to San Antonio now. Go ahead. Let me have it, Ian. Well, you'd also ma- Give ma- it to me. made some statement about how there's one person in the Free oh, State Project. Oh, easy, who, Tiger. Who has, <laughs> I'm not going like, to do that. <laughs> yeah, this, this person, he or she, has ruined it for these people. You, your claim was that these people had uh, somehow experienced this person and or know something about this person and had decided that that's it. They've been turned off to the whole Free State Project idea. I think, well, I should, you know, the thing about Facebook is you're putting a few sentences into a comment box. And so it's just really not always the best forum to have elaborate conversations. Um, People are aware of 
my personal situation being a tax resistor and there are, I've had, you know, lifelong friends that have been aware of what I've been doing since I was, you know, basically 13 and and got my first job and they're totally on board with that and in support of that. And, um, they love Liberty and what have you and are, you know, kind of in a position to where they can live in more than one place at a time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so New Hampshire, of course, has been is the live for your dice state, and it has been a beacon of the liberty minded people long before the Free State Project came along. Which is, I'd say so, yeah, yeah, which is really one of the reasons why this particular place was chosen, in addition to the low population, et cetera, sure, and the beautiful environment. Um, and so, uh, so when when I got here, the mm, their observation was that I didn't quite get some of the support that they would have thought that I would have gotten when I came. And they were a little bit critical of that, but still, you know, encouraging and still on board with, you know, coming out and which is why they were going to come to Liberty Forum, the event that made me have people like move you in or anything like that. Yes, but okay. okay. So I'm giving a I'm, I'm giving saying, a general like, right. I'm I don't know what they expect. Like, what right. kind of support did they expect? Well, let me give the general thing, and then okay. you can ask me. Okay. So then, um, uh, so there were some criticisms, and then around Facebook just became this this lightning. There was a lightning rod of of bickering that went on a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the snow, if it was the weather, people being inside too much, but there was just in-house fighting and my mistake quite frankly because i've thought about it in since you're talking about between a handful of people right and that's the thing is like you know i i need to get out more too i mean i've i've since had people write to me Mm -hmm. um and say come out visit portsmouth and you know and, and get out more and everything so i think um i think that there was a bit of a uh a spotlight for my friends on me and you know I, I also think that I had probably sold the idea to them as it being further along mm, yeah because we are pioneers you know? yes I and mean, when you, I was really grateful for the note that you sent saying that and you notice I liked it I did I oh put, did you I didn't I, yeah I clicked that, yeah. like yeah because I was like okay duh Yes, that is true. And the pioneers, what happened to the pioneers? They, they got died shot alone. by Indians and died on the prairie. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm glad you got me to move out here. For this year. Died of malaria. <laughs> Smallpox. Froze to death. Luckily, yeah. we don't have to freeze to death. If we get caught in Donner's Pass, I'm eating you, not the other way around. <laughs> Did you ever play the Oregon Trail when you were going to, going to school? Was, no, or was I that beyond understand. your time? No, no. You didn't have computers when you, they were going to, when you were going to school. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, there were computers. They were just great big ones. Refrigerated rooms. Real live five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Yeah, All right. So my big this. critique was yeah. if, if, and you're saying maybe I misunderstood or there was miscommunication, yeah. but if it was indeed that these people were saying, well, I'm not going to New Hampshire. I think it's great to get together with other liberty minded people, but there's one person there I don't like. So screw that. That seems like a nonsense oh, yeah, excuse. That, that would have been petty. Yeah. That's, that, w- yes. that would have been the use uh, the word I would have used for yes, that. Yes. That would have been petty. All right. We'll come, we can come back with more if you'd cool. like. 800 259 9231. Don't forget to go get registered for Pork Fest because even if there's somebody there you don't like, there's hundreds of people you probably will like. We're going to have a thousand. I bet. It was oh, 800 yeah. last year. Yeah. That's doable, I would say. Yeah. Uh, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Mark, what is SACL CAI anyway? SACL CAI is a company that that handles uh, accounts receivable for your business, whether it's collections, early out billing, or just wanted to purchase your charged-off receivable. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customer and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients to it. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just kind of talking a little bit about the Free State Project and and what some people think about it. Maybe they've been given the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've been they've created some unrealistic expectations. About, I totally did. Yeah, about where it is. You you yourself had those unrealistic expectations, yes, or you helped to create them in other people. Both. As well, both. Um, I went to the Liberty Forum, and there were like four hundred or so people there. And you know, I didn't go around and ask everyone where they were from. Mm. And I know that, for example, Boston Tea Party is from you know Wyoming, and so I knew that there were you know some people from. Uh, further away and and then of course I went to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and that's a blast and and I moved here at that time and so between the Liberty Forum and Pork Fest there was only you know like two months or so that went by and I was like wow I was so I on a high yeah. I really was and um, it was kind of like in a way like you know summer camp or whatever and and um you know you you fall in love at summer camp and then you leave and you go back to your real world and and then you go oh. Yeah. No, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because people go, people have jobs and they have families and they have lives. Right. And um, so you're not all together all the time. And, and so, yeah, I think I did develop some unrealistic expectations or, you know, have some unrealistic expectations. And and um, also summer here was so, so great. You know, and, and oh, yeah. such a blast. And um and I think I did get a little bit of cabin fever and then you know, I had that injury and everything. Right. So there's a lot that goes on, you know, over the the, the times of the year when it's not so cold outside. Things right. do get a little less active uh, mm-hmm. in the wintertime and seasonal affective disorder is a real uh, a, I syndrome. Have, it's serious. Yeah, really? I think so that, that oh, affected yes, me when I the first at least yeah. the first year I was here. And I knew that I I mean I had that before in two other places that I've lived, but I really um this time it whacked me so hard because I had that tailbone injury. And so mm-hmm. I didn't leave my house. Ha- I haven't left my house except for to come here basically for a month. And it's well, awful. Mark, did you get any of those lights uh, with the, the, the better, I guess, better spectrum or wider spectrum? I did. I bought some of the, uh, the you know, the daylight lights that mm-hmm. they have out there. But, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. Basically, it, I, I think for me what it was is essentially homesickness. Yeah, uh, you know, that was definitely mm-hmm. what your problem was. I, um, you know, for the first nine months or so, I... I found I found it difficult. Uh, you know, the, the, he all missed the differences. his mommy. Yeah, I, I think that, <laughs> I miss my mommy. <laughs> I certainly uh, you know enjoy spending time around my mom, but I don't I don't think that's what I missed. I think I missed my town where I was from. Yeah, where yeah. I spent most of my life. Your whole life. I mean, pretty yeah. much. But my greatest selling 
point for this community um, can actually be exemplified by what just happened with you and me. I, you know, you said, shall we talk about it at the show, you know, on Monday, the show and everything. I didn't have any sort of anxiety that we were going to like have this, you know, yeah, I didn't. And, um, you know, I teased, of course, a little bit, you know, in the beginning saying, are we going to have a hug and everything? But that was what happened at um, Liberty Forum was uh, William Kostrick and I, he, he was a little bit um, critical of my of my Christian faith, mm-hmm. and I got my feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days later, I said to him, I said, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that you hurt my feelings. And he was just devastated. He, he's like, I'm he sorry. He's a nice guy. He's very sweet. Yeah, and he's one of my favorites. And he, and he said, and he sat down immediately, and we talked it through and everything, and I left that conversation going, if I can resolve issues with people who don't share the same beliefs as me and whom I have disagreements with in that fashion, that's where I want to be. You know, that it's just a very, it's a very accepting and tolerant for the most part community where, um, there are always going to be aberrations, right? I mean, in any communication and civility is just a very big part of, of uh, the interactions. It's a tight knit community Mm -hmm. and most of the people aren't going to put up with a bunch of crap. From people, mm-hmm. most most of most of us, I don't think are, and so I think it's interesting that you did have some unrealistic expectations. And the way we talk about things on Free Maybe Talk hopes. Live, <laughs> well, the way we thought, which, it, 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 I think that it's kind of unfortunately to, to some extent designed that way because most people come check out the Free State Project either at the Liberty Forum or at Porkfest mm-hmm. or both, and what they see are tremendous. Uh, you know, events where there are all kinds of liberty-loving individuals running around. There, people are open carrying. People are uh, passing out literature about uh, their particular thing that they're doing. Just it's it's a it amazes it's Disneyland people. for for yeah. libertarians. It's, really, it, indeed, it is. And I think that to some extent, people are, are unfortunately get the impression that maybe it's like that. Every week of the year instead of just those two weeks of the year. That would be exhausting. Yeah, it would. Uh, but, you know, uh, so, I mean, right. people go out of their lives. They have jobs. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they do some activism, certainly. Some of them get together for social events. But Well, I think it's, it's a, yeah, I think it's an interesting observation because some people don't come here for the Liberty Forum or Pork Fest as their first visit. We've got mm-hmm. a couple folks that have been up here for over a week now, Zach and Ishtar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishtar, one of the, the yes. newer members of the Shrine of Female listeners. Uh, they're both here from the Chicago area. And within 24 hours, they were ready to stay and At not go back. At the most heinous part of the year in terms right. of weather. I mean, it was icy. And, and they hadn't you even know. met anybody yes, yet, really. Yeah. I mean, they met Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, and they met us. And they were like, we were sold by the time we were driving around with Mark looking at houses. Wow. This, the, this, I'd like to know after today what they think, because today was the single bi- worst bit of precipitation i've seen since i've been here there's like water falling out of the sky and then it freezes on the car and kind of this warbly uh coat that goes over the car i tried to get it off the windshield it actually came off and like one big sheet just kind of broke again. i just slid up the street today because uh, <laughs> rather than taking steps because stepping mm-hmm. would have been more dangerous the, skated. Enti- the entire street was like ice yeah. basically so yeah <laughs> there's certainly well, some risks but- you know i think that i had i 
come here and looked around like Mark Warden did with mm-hmm. Ishtar and, and that um, that would have been very wise. And, you know, exercise due diligence. Buyer beware. I did not do that. And that is a fundamental flaw in in my process. And it's something that I'm against. And so, you know, had I come here and spent a little bit more time looking at the areas, I would have known that where I'm living is a half an hour from anyone. Yeah, that was one of the things we've talked about off the air, yeah. just between the two of us, is that there have been a couple of times when you've kind of put out a call for some assistance, uh, yes. not in any sort of life or death critical right, matters, right, right, right. but uh, putting out a call and you expected to get more of a response than you did. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Michelle, look at where you live. I mean, you're out in the in the woods and yep. you're far away from people. Lovely, and, lovely home. And get a very nice Thank house, you. a very nice place to live. I mean, I, I would enjoy living there myself, but... <laughs> right. uh, you know, if you want people to be able to respond, it's important right. to be literally close to those people in that community. And, yep. uh, and and the way the roads are here, you know, I mean, I've just never it is so unique. The New England area. Um, I've lived in the southeast. I've lived in in the all over the West Coast and everything. And and um, people need to realize there's 101 and there's 202. And there's 93. And that's it. (laughs) So so you might be only traveling 15 miles. But you've got to go roundabout. And it can take you 40 minutes. Let's go to Taryn listening in Georgia. He's a man who's been up here a number of times to visit. uh, Hasn't quite made the move. Uh, Taryn from LCLReport.com. Are you there? Hey, guys. Hey, Taryn. What's on your mind tonight? I'm working on it. I'm going to hang out after Porkfest for a while. All right on. Um, I am calling tonight because of what is going on in Savannah. What's Um, going on? Well, Savannah is the home of the Girl Scouts. They started here about 100 really? years ago. Wow. Oh, no cookies and... for you, Taryn. <laughs> no know. cookies for you. No mint, mint, whatever, mint. The what mints. are they? Thin mints, Thin, yes. Thin mints. Thin mm-hmm. mints. Yes. They're... Well, what, what happens is a bunch, it's like their mecca, a bunch of Girl Scouts will come into Savannah to see where it started. It's this place called the Gordon Lowe House. And they come in from all over the country and all over the world and take tours and spend money here and all this stuff. All okay, well, we'll find out where, uh, where Taryn's going with the uh, the Girl Scout story. Because we do know that we reported recently that uh, some Girl Scouts, at least in one place in Georgia, have been threatened uh, by the government. We talked about that uh, extensively, over. The, I think it was over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, so you can get that over at freetalklive.com. We'll come back with uh, more of the... Uh, I didn't know that. Savannah, Georgia, home of the Girl Scouts. We'll find out where that's going in moments with Taryn. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything, it's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. If you would like, you can go and support the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a list of things that you can do to help uh, get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. We've got everything from web banners uh, for your website. Uh, we've got actual graphics like high, high-resolution vector 
quality graphics that you can make your own Free Talk Live stuff out of. And all kinds of other uh, options for you, including flyers you can print out over at promote.freetalklive.com. We go back to Taryn, listening in Georgia. In the Savannah area, Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live. You were telling us that apparently Savannah is where the Girl Scouts were founded. That's correct. Uh, the Girl Scouts were founded about 100 years here ago here. And um, there's this little place called the Gordon Lowe House where girls from all around the country come and visit this place. And they, it's like their mecca. They make a trip out of it for a week and come see Savannah and spend a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the deal was that they actually, for years and years and years, had been selling Girl Scout cookies in front of the Gordon Lowe House. And the city won't let them do it this year because they can't give them a permit. They said, one, they have to be permitted, and two, they can't give them a permit because they um, are worried that if they give them a permit, then they have to let everybody else sell what they uh, want on their own property. So yeah, we can't they, have that. Yeah, I don't, we, we can't have anyone sell on a property that they own, right? Wow, want. this is amazing. It's like a crackdown in Georgia on the Girl Scouts because this it's had just really, happened in another – where was it, Mark? The, uh, do you remember Villa the Rica? Yeah, Villa Rica. Is, where, is that anywhere Villa nearby? Rica. Yeah, it's not too far. Villarica is not too bad. Uh, I didn't even know about the one in Villarica. Yeah, the cops came down and shut him, shut him down, and then the mayor swooped into the rescue and fast-tracked the permit and give them all a pizza party. Oh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what gross. a lesson of government there. It's disgusting. Because I bet they wouldn't do that for your business, No, man. heck no, they wouldn't. <laughs> No. Yeah, but well, I, that's, I, I just talked to the town hall to my town today, and, and they were talking about a pizza party for me and my family. <laughs> no way! <laughs> You're oh. right. No way. <laughs> yeah, sure. They'll give us. A, they'll give me a pizza party if I pay yeah, double I like for it. Pepperoni and pineapple. Invite me too. Well, Taryn, so you've uh, you live right there in Savannah, don't you? I, I, yes, I do. So. And- is this part of like an annual like do so all the girls come and and do their thing and do people actually go out and seek the girls out to buy cookies from them? Yeah, they were selling like crazy amounts. I think the newspaper article I read said about three hundred boxes a day. Wow! Wow! You know, just at that one location because you know, I mean, it's it's kind of the tourists come in from around the world. They see the little Girl Scouts dressed up selling it in front of the Girl Scout house. Mm. You know, and it, it's kind of more of a tourist attraction, but it's it's they were really cranking some sales out there. So you're saying and, they uh, refused to allow them to put them. So they've been getting the permit in the past, but this year they decided to put their foot down. And no, as far as, as far as I understand, they never had a permit. Ah, okay. But then somebody, another business, complained. Oh, jeez. And so they had to address the issue and said, "Well, we can't give you a permit because then everybody else would get one." And so it's really been a big black eye. But it's just the stupidest thing for the city to do to have that kind of um, to attack the Girl Scouts. I mean, you know, it's one thing when they come after me or you running a business. Nobody seems to care. But attacking the Girl Scouts, this is going to be a PR nightmare for them. Indeed. And I hope to create that for them, for them actually. Oh, good, well, good. Think about this. We had we talked about the lemonade stand shut down a couple months ago, and now the cookie, you know, shut down. And and those are formative years when kids are developing their skill sets, such as salesmanship and how to talk to people and sure. how to collect money and count money. And, um, you know, if I put in this much effort and do this ma- amount of work, then I have this output and I could, you know, uh, uh, delayed rewards, which is an important part of, right. of buying you your know, supplies maturing. for your business. And uh, right. And up so, so now, unless it's sanctioned by the government, it's bad. 
because we want to because we have to obey the government because then that makes us a patriot and a patriot's good. Well, and it was was pointed out this weekend that this is like the Boy Scouts, another organization that does have that viewpoint that uh, that government is a good thing, that it is a very statist or pro-state organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their their reaction to the whole thing was well. You know, we would get the permit if they would let us, and we'd teach girls that that's just part of doing business. Mm. And, you know, that that I'm not real happy about. But no. what I do see it as is as an opportunity that um, basically, you know, I started a Facebook group trying to get them, let them sell cookies, and, and then mentioned that why not remove these stupid zoning regulations and, and permits for everybody? You know, start Absolutely. with the Girl Scouts. Do it for everybody. And, and use it as an, a magnet to to really spotlight how, how hurtful zoning is. And, well, I hope it works uh, I mean, out, Taryn. I, I think it's a good opportunity. Well, you know, I'm not expecting a whole lot, but I'm expecting <laughs> that either. at least it'll bring attention to, to stupid laws. Well done, sir. So, hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The Girl eight. Scouts have clout, though. Yeah. That's true. 1-800-259-9231. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that um, I, I think I still have my Girl Scout uniform from... No. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The girls. Why would you still have that just for keepsakes? I mean, you yeah, certainly. like you know, I mean, like I don't. I have it in a in like a storage area in my mom's house and attic. You know, all those things. Like I took seriously earning my patches and and things like that. It was a big deal. I sold the most number of boxes of cookies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mark, yeah. were you ever in the Boy Scouts? I was in the Cub Scouts, and I sold the most tickets to the Jamboree. I can't yeah. tell you how silly this is, but I had no idea what I was doing, so I sold more than anybody else ever. Um, the, the rest of them just did nothing, and essentially huh. I, I sold 90 of their tickets or something like that, which wow. meant that I went door-to-door in my neighborhood in my little Cub Scout uniform yeah. on my bicycle with these pieces of paper. These people had no intention of going to Attending this Cub Scout jamboree. Grand Jamboree. There's no reason for them to go. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason at all to see some crafts from some kids in Palmetto when I was in Bradenton. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it was a good drive on, on the top of uh, on the top of that. So, yeah, I just went around and sold tickets. People would buy five. Sure, give me five of them. Wow. But it's probably the same reason why we stop and, and pay 50 cents for yeah. You know, a cu- cup of country time lemonade that tastes terrible. Yeah, you know? it's precisely the same reason, but I had no idea. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I got some prizes out of the deal. You know, there was some camping equipment I right. wanted, like, you know, the little fold up cups and like a, a, <laughs> a, a Boy Scout's uh, me- mechanical pencil and, and some things like that. Some stuff I wanted, and, you know, it was all junk. Yeah, I never. Um, I, once I was kind of, well, my arm was kind of twisted into joining the Boy Scouts, and I did not like it very much at all. I was pretty solidly, you know, th- 13 years old at that time. Oh my time. gosh, you were doing that at 13? Yeah. I was like eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted nothing to do with it. And I, yeah, I was very uncomfortable saying their little Boy Scout Although, O thing. Right. Although, you know, you look at like Cooper and, and Miller Travis with their Eagle Scouts. Those yeah. two guys, they can. Oh, I have a lot of respect yeah, for the, for the right. guys that get the Eagle Scouts. I want Scout. them on my side if there's yeah. an issue, you know. They will tie a knot to save your life. Literally. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it never really was uh, my thing. I just couldn't get a, I, like I never got to the Boy Scout rank. No, me either. Yeah. Like there's a certain mm-hmm. like rank where you are in basically and yeah. I never <laughs> I wouldn't recite their little pledge thing so they wouldn't let me become <laughs> Yeah, a Boy you're, you're Scout. not going to go get in. Right. Uh, you know, I was I was in Cub Scouts. I was, uh, you know, single I was a bluebird. Age. Bluebird? What is that? <laughs> Bluebird was, the, um, there were Campfire Girls and Bluebirds, and one went on to be, you know, one thing, one went on to be the other, but um, I think ours was a little less um, fascist. 
<laughs> well, I, I, at that point, Our I didn't uniforms know. Were I, I mean, I, I remember the the oath and everything. I'll do my best, do my duty to God, my country, and obey the laws of the pack, and whatever it was. It's upsetting. That's yeah. upsetting. Well, you were thirteen. I was six or yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I hadn't figured all that stuff right. out. I'm just going to say what they say, and I'm going to wear the little uniform. It was fun. Yeah, we were out. We played dresses and, and did a maypole dance at a fair, and you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd figured it out at that point, but I know I didn't like the God reference at the time, and I didn't like because I was. You know, flirting would be coming an atheist. I think at that age, I think I was probably close everyone's got to gotta being have an faith in something. Ian. At that point, and uh, I didn't like pledging allegiance. I don't think I knew right. why I didn't like pledging allegiance, right. but I sure didn't like to do it. And so, like that had them both. It had the pledge of allegiance and a reference <laughs> to God. Aside from that. So, uh, yeah, I didn't. The Boy Scouts and I did not gel. You're certainly welcome to give us your thoughts, uh, your experiences with the Boy or Girl Scouts. But it's, it's sad, though, to see. I mean, even though they are a statist organization, it is sad to see these poor kids being told that they can't sell their cookies. In more than one place. I mean, we, two different stories in you know, two shows. Just because I have something bad to say about the organization, I have lots of good things to say about the organization, too. Sure. And uh, lots of good things to say about the organization. These kids should be taught entrepreneurship. And the state is, once again, sucking the life Absolutely. out of our children. Does the Girl Scouts have the equivalent of an Eagle Scout? Is there some I believe sort of so. I mean, I, I remember... Holy Grail of Scouting. Yeah, exactly. I remember going to... Um, to some big conference where, and I was like, you know, seven, eight, year, yeah. eight years old, and there were big girls there. They all looked like lesbians, kind of. <laughs> what made you say that? What made, what, That's what I thought at the time. We were like, they what? wear shorts. They're really ugly, and they didn't shave their legs. It's awful. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is on the way. Here, another dog shot by a cop, or whatever you want to talk about goes, if you make the call. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and you can bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. All right. So uh, news in, I guess, international news from the BBC where a Chinese man has died after a three-day online gaming session in which he did not sleep and barely ate. According to reports, the man reportedly lost consciousness at an internet cafe. He did this in public. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) On the outskirts of the Chinese capital, Beijing, he was rushed to a clinic but could not be revived, according to the Beijing Times. The 30-year-old man who was not identified, was said to have spent more than 10,000... How do you pronounce this? Yan? Yan? Yan. Okay. Uh, 10,000 yan, not yen. That's what the... There's a difference, right? 
Okay. So, which apparently is approximately $1,500 on gaming in just the single month before his death. He spent $1,500. That's the amount most, a lot of people make in a month working at, you know, like a a low wage job. Uh, This man spent $1,500 on gaming in the month before his death. China has more than 450 million internet users and online games, which can involve multiple users role-playing in a virtual world, are particularly popular with young men. Researchers say tens of millions of Chinese people, many of them teenagers, are addicted to internet gaming, despite curbs introduced by the authorities aimed at tackling the problem. I'd like to hear more about those. What is that supposed to mean? I can't even imagine. I don't know, I don't but know. I think it's a conspiracy. What, what is? Well, I think that there's a conspiracy to um, decrease the population, and that's why uh, there's something in it that seduces men into um, playing <laughs> video games. <laughs> Wait a minute. Come on. You're not serious, right? I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> but I do I do happen to hear from, from ladies um, more often than not that, uh, that sex is... Is um is less frequent due to because of video games. Because of video games, that is a sad statement. That's isn't a it? very sad it's statement. It's a freaking real one. I mean, there's a there's a commercial out on television right now that has some guy uh, using. I think it's a Windows uh, phone. They're saying that we get you back to real life or something like that. Our phones work better or something. I don't know exactly what their claim is, but uh, they you know they show some guy who's playing with his phone instead of his wife who's right there you know in the, the mm-hmm. little outfit ready to go. And, and she's wearing an outfit, too? Yep, yep. She's got uh, some kind of nighty negligee. So thing. wait, this, it's being presented as though our phone is better than sex? That's the message in the <laughs> no, commercial? The, the, the message actually is... Um, <laughs> you can get your stuff done quicker so you can get to the sex? That's, that's right. Is the, the message is, is that we stick our noses in our phones too much in life. Yeah. And one of the reasons that that's so... It, you know, Obviously, we don't want to actually have you control yourself around your, your phone surfing. We want you to you know use your phone properly and efficiently and then get back to life. I see. That's the suggestion. <laughs> I don't. I. I, I don't wow. think that. Uh, that the. You know. It seems wow, to me indeed. that people still continue to use their phone if yeah. it works more efficiently. Right. If it's more efficiently, you can get more done in the same amount of time. Right. right? So you can still spend the same amount of time uh, on the phone. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, here's a little more of the story. Uh, similar deaths have occurred in other nations. In 2005, a 28-year-old man died in South Korea after playing online games for 50 hours without a break. So are they getting seizures and and things because I have heard that the that the light frequency or something like that Yeah that's that's something that they put in uh, video game manuals for mm-hmm. decades that if you have seizures you shouldn't play these games uh, so odds are good that uh, if he if he's had a seizure before that he, I, maybe, I mean 3 days they're not starving to death No well he didn't eat and he didn't drink apparently either the sleeping so is a big deal Sleeping right mm. that's Ooh, yeah, it's not good when you uh, go without sleep for no. an extended period of time. <laughs> I can speak from experience on that. Um, but have yeah, you ever I'm... stayed up all night playing a video game? Certainly have. Have you ever stayed up all night having sex? Um, not it would that be I a rare recall. instance. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Not that I can recall. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> poor Michelle. The I state mean, of the world is crashed out of her ears. <laughs> uh, so, I really would like to know more about the Chinese curbs that they're talking about here if if you happen to know maybe you're paying attention to what's going on uh, over in china and some of the news like what kind of curbs could the government introduce in an attempt to reduce people's addictions to uh, video gaming are there like mandatory breaks that come up in the middle of the game <laughs> the, the, i've seen it in some games where 
I think it was Metal Gear, the, one of the Metal Gears that I played for the PlayStation 3, where after a certain period of time, if you've gone through like a whole act, when it's loading up the next uh, act, it takes a while because it's got to load the data files. Gives from you the, a bathroom break. Well, right. It shows the main <laughs> character standing there smoking a cigarette and it suggests <laughs> that you go out and, uh, you know, take a break, stretch yourself a little bit. So you know? now get, maybe they'll have up. a little cartoon of people having sex and then smoking a cigarette. So it's a little bit of a longer break. There you go. I, it, I don't know, but I think that... Uh, <laughs> Usually it takes a real longer to c- talk him into it too. I mean, you know, nobody's going to be. Oh, yeah, you're my pre, uh, you know, pre level break. <laughs> well, now there's well, actually sexy, some games. You could have an app on your phone where you have prearranged meeting times for your encounters. You it could know? happen. Well, speaking of sex and video games, there was actually another piece of news. I shared this with Mark over the weekend. We haven't talked about it on the air, but I, I guess the Nintendo Wii. There's some kind of sex game uh, that has no. come out. Uh, that uh, is going to be it's like some sort of a I guess in the in the commercial the commercial's upsetting people because it's very kind of I don't know raunchy for a video game commercial and in the commercial there are two males and two females and the two females put the Nintendo Wii controller which is this wireless controller they call uh, it the the, the Wii the nunchuck Okay, I think it has, two, it has two wire, uh, two two pieces that are connected by a wire. Uh-huh. As I understand, no, I don't think so. No, the the Nintendo remote. I mean, they may have different types of okay. uh, remotes, but the main one that comes with a Nintendo is completely wireless. Okay, uh, it's called the Wii Mote, and they the females would put the Wii Mote in the small of their back, like underneath their skirts. So it was like just kind of stuck there, basically. Uh-huh. And they would then bend over uh, the males, and the males would uh, control the character on the screen by administering spankings. This is a commercial? <laughs> this is a commercial for a game that is wow. available or, or will be available on the Nintendo Wii. I don't recall what the. So only the game men is can called. play? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was just uh, one example of, I guess, the various different types of. Uh, Sexy games yes. that uh, that are you know possible. Can you in this imagine people are going to be having virtual sex? Not, it's not far off. I mean, it may already. I think be this here. is a virtual foreplay. Is what I think this mm-hmm. is. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know, Mark. I don't know what the. Well, the I don't different... know. Twister used to be fun. Yeah, so this is a kind of a newer version <laughs> yeah. of that, I suppose. But people are very upset about this. Yeah. I mean, somebody could, could you know, uh, somebody could come up with the dire prediction for the Twister game. Our kids won't be able to have sex without the dots on the floor. <laughs> So anyway, I just want to kind of bring that up as kind of an interesting aside, but I'm more interested in hearing people's stories. I mean, this is one of those topics that comes up from time to time. Uh, your story is a video game addiction. What, what, is, what has happened to you? Have you had the problem where you've missed work because you were playing a video game or your girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with you because you were playing video games too much. We've heard these these stories before where where these games, these uh, massively multiplayer online role-playing games particularly, uh, will suck people in and become their world to the point where their real-life existence almost blinks out. I mean, they're, they're not dead. Most of them don't die. That's what happened in China with this guy that we're talking about here, sat in a, a shop for three days straight and internet... Uh, well, cafe how, is that different, died. how is that different than, you know, Facebook or soap operas or Dungeons and Dragons or any of these other, ho- you know, things that start out as hobbies mm-hmm. or something or, you know, it's okay to relax and have some free time. Uh, th- now, this is coming from a person. I've never played a video game in my life. Well, you well, mentioned I soap played, operas. I played ping or pong. What, what was that? 
I could see that shows how long it's been. I think you're right, <laughs> Michelle. I, I think you're right that anything can be addictive, and yes. you've got to be careful. All things in moderation. That all mm-hmm. I agree with all that. But I mean, how many soap operas can you really watch in a row? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a TV. It's it's a little more of a passive experience. Like I can understand if you've got a good TV show and you've yeah. got a bunch of episodes, you just go through them. Right. That's one of the problems with DVD sets or but the not, TV show ends. Right. The Massively multiplayer online video game. It doesn't. It's Correct. designed to mm. not end. The video, right? The video game just continues on, and there's there's goals that you're reaching the in the game. The government should enact some legislation, actually. Well, that's what has happened in China. <laughs> see, and that's yeah. what I want to know about. Like, what what has your experience been if you've had one with video game addiction? And maybe we'll dig around and see if we can figure out what's happened in China as well at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Feel free to uh, tell your story. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the website. We give you the features there for free. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Don't forget the bulletin board system is one of the many features there. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. Sign up to receive updates and reminders on this incredible opportunity. For those who are interested in public policy, they have public policies uh, organizations, that's uh, think tanks and nonprofit organizations in, in D.C. and across the United States. You'll get all kinds of, uh, of experience in, in dealing with public policy, whether you want to be a politician or something like that. Libertarian Internships. All right, so we'll tell you more about what's going on in China. I did get some information uh, here uh, during the break, but first, your thoughts. Uh, Video game addiction, have you ever encountered it? Has it been a personal thing uh, for you? Maybe one of your kids or a loved one, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband? 800-259-9231. In uh, the case that we were talking about a moment ago, man died in a Chinese internet cafe because he'd been playing nonstop, around the clock, essentially, for... 36 hours or longer, uh, three days, it says here, actually. So let's go to your thoughts and your experiences. Michael, listening to WTAR in Norfolk. Hey, Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you guys are talking about this video game thing, and it happened to me one time. Really? That you died? (laughs) Clearly not. (laughs) My ex-wife bought me a game called StarCraft, and I became addicted to it, and it almost... It almost caused the divorce. Wow! I've heard a lot of stories like this. Go on, uh, t- t- tell us the tell us the highlights of it. Well, basically, it's a uh, it's an alien game, and what you do is you build your own little uh, bases, and then you attack the aliens. 
Right. Now, was, is it an online game, too, right? So you can play online with other people? Yeah, my, my son does that. And so she's mad at me for introducing him to the game, too, because he gets online and plays. So what uh, did it come to a point where like you were missing dinner? I mean, you weren't having sex. I mean, what was the what was the extent of the damage that this did to your relationship? I I basically come home from work, get on a computer, and I wouldn't go to bed until about one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Wow. What happened to your sex life? It diminished greatly. And okay, so that's the thing. It's like for these for you guys. I mean, I thought the guys were supposed to be like you know, kind of hounds and stuff. How was this a conscious choice? I mean, had you already been maybe not getting along so well with your wife, so it was like an easy substitute to do this? Good or, question. You know, or were things fine in your life, and it kind of came in and took over? Well, basically, we were having sex either three to five times a week, mm. and then when this game got introduced to our lives. It, it diminished for nearly almost eight months. Oh, dude, I would have been so mad at you. <laughs> Michelle just does not understand this. <laughs> no, I don't. She grabbed the disc, broke it in half. I went to the store and bought a new one. Oh, <gasps> man. Oh. And you probably didn't care if you were um, you know, relegated to sleeping on the couch because He wasn't sleeping much anyway. That, and that's where the video game was. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, I, still go to sleep in bed, but uh, we wouldn't be doing anything because it'd be way, you know, we way late. When I get up early, go to work, come home as soon as I could to get back on the game. Wow. Now, did it come down to an ultimatum? I mean, how did you end up uh, being broken of your habit? I won the game. (laughs) (laughs) It ends? Well, okay, so you were just playing the single player uh, version of the game? Don't, don't, don't do that to him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, wait, You were just playing, just to clarify, you were just playing through the single player version. Correct. I and didn't it, do, I didn't do it online. My son, my son gets online and does it. Got it. How That's probably for the best then that you don't get online because then the problems could really start because then you can play forever essentially. Right. How old's your son? Well, he's, uh, he just turned 18. He's an aerospace engineering student in North Carolina State. Oh, great. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully he won't have the same problem. Maybe he learned from uh, from Dad's experience that uh, when he gets a, himself a girlfriend, if he doesn't have one already, that uh, <laughs> that they they deserve some attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, hey, thanks for the story. Anything else you want to share? I just I'm hoping he's not playing Halo too much because he's got his studies to do. You know. Thanks for the call tonight, Michael. Mm-hmm. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's certainly another kind of uh, fallout that can occur is that grades can suffer. I mean, if you're spending too much time, whether you, whatever you're doing, if you're spending too much time drinking, your grades are going to suffer. And if you're spending too much time playing video games, it's certainly a possibility there, too. And video games are, are, it could be very addictive. It's a lot of fun to play a lot of them. And uh, Halo, pretty awesome game. My kids have a, um, a PSP. Like, mm-hmm. I think like, a handheld thing. No, no, like one. Well, you know, you were so sweet to give me that TV, that box that, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. right. And so, um, so they have a PSP and it's, you know, what? 10 years old or something like that. It's, you know, the old thing. But, um, and so they have a few games and I just went and picked up a couple used ones, mm-hmm. like, um, whatever, a zombie thingy, yeah, another, zombie and a, thingy. yeah. That's <laughs> all you need to know. And a, and a hockey one. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, so they've played maybe for, you know, three or four hours in, in the month. Mm-hmm. But when my kids were young enough that I could actually tell them what to do and they would, you know, listen, I was very mindful to get them playing out the, outside and healthy and into sports. And, um, and, uh, they didn't, we didn't have a television, so they weren't watching that and doing right. music and things. So they've always had things to do to entertain themselves. Now I see children from, 
um, you know, age two with these little baby Einstein video games where they're being encouraged to, you know, press a red button or a blue button and, oh, look. And then the parents go, look at how smart my child is. I'm educating them. I'm helping them to develop these skills. They're not doing anything, though. Right. I mean, they're exactly. Just exactly. Letting a machine do it for them. Right. Well, they're identifying the color. And if, and if it uh, kids love to push push buttons and, mm-hmm. and if you can help a, a child to identify colors or a little earlier, it seems like a good thing. I do not. <laughs> I, I don't have it, but I, I can tell you that sounds interesting but to me. There's no tactile learning. I mean, you know, when we were kids, we were playing with sand or beans or mm-hmm. things that ran through your hands. You'd go outside and tell the streetlights came on and but the you were square having... block in the square hole. Yes, exactly. Two-year-olds aren't going outside until the streetlights come on, I can assure <laughs> you. So, you know, I mean, obviously you need to take them out. They need to have time to, to go outside and play. Read but, them a book? Yeah, well, I could, gosh, how many books my kid gets read. Jack loves to read. Yes, he does. He, yeah. read, he reads them on his own when he does. He isn't there. So when you see these kids that become teenagers, though, and I notice this, you know, uh, this problem with kids that are my kid's age, they have no social skills. They cannot actually like look you in the eye and have a conversation mm-hmm. and interact and what have you. And, and they all know uh, how to play video games. They all know so, how right? to play video games. Yeah. Yes. And I do hear, I don't, maybe this is more conspiracy stuff, Ian, that, um, that the government actually selects those who play things like world war Warcraft to, um, to bring them in. Yeah, that may be a bit of a conspiracy theory, but there is a, there was, maybe there still is, a U.S. military video game. I don't know if they're still keeping that thing going, but yeah, that's basically a recruiting tool. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Got some of the restrictions that the Chinese government has put on their video games over there in order to attempt to curb addiction. We'll explain what they're up to coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk live, dial in toll free, bring up anything you want, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 800 259 9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, some of the features that you'll find there include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. The last week's worth is on the front page. And then if you uh, click into the archive section, that'll take you back all the way to late 2006. All of it is free for you at freetalklive.com. And it's courtesy HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website. They're free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. You'll get a 99.9% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support, and go through hostgator.freetalklive.com and get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, so 1-800-259-9231. We are uh, talking about video game addiction and how it can really, like a lot of addictions, uh, cause some serious problems in people's lives. In one case, a man in China died 
in public at an internet cafe. <laughs> now, that's some pretty poor customer service, I think. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Leaving somebody... Uh, I mean, I understand that your customer wants to be left alone. You probably should leave them alone, but then again, if they When you started foaming at the mouth, you might have, you know... Yeah, if they haven't eaten anything or gotten up from their chair, you know, that's that's probably pretty dangerous. You probably don't want your customers dying on your premises, yeah, so... A customer a, management issue, right, not a customer a, service yeah, issue. Yeah, there's kind of a balancing act that you have to engage in, like, between respecting the choices of the paying customer and also trying to keep your customer alive uh, so they'll come back again. In this case, uh, apparently no one was paying close attention to this guy, and he died after three ga- three days straight, basically, of playing Isn't video games. is that sad? It's and I, I think that that's really a reflection on how society at large has become. I mean, we just... I, how I jaded? Think, how I just don't think we pay attention. Off. Yes, yeah. I think we're cut off. I'm not sure we ever did. You're not sure that we ever paid attention? Yeah. I mean, I, I suspect you probably have similar stories from uh, throughout the ages of where people just kind of, you know, well, well, if that's what he wants to do, let him do it. I actually have a story about that. When um, I got pregnant in college, um, my mentor, who's a philosophy, this like mega woman philosopher, uh, she, you know, had things say she'd gone to Stanford and had two children while she was finishing her doctorate work there and, and um, talked about how... People her age, that they were young families, um, they made a conscious decision to live in not communal style living, but in apartments or condos um, while their children were young so that they could help one another. And um, at one point, her husband was, was gone and she hadn't been feeling well and just couldn't even, I mean, like sick, couldn't even leave the house or, you know, apartment, condo, whatever, to go to the store and... Um, she said that, you know, 36 hours went by and then, you know, people were knocking on the door and, um, once they discovered that she was in fact sick, you know, they were Mm -hmm. bringing her food and things like that. And that, that they did that for one another. And I think, um, I read a story last year about an, an old person who had passed away of natural causes, but their body hadn't been found for two months Mm. and they had lived in that neighborhood forever. Their whole lives. Yeah. Wow. It's like you don't even notice that they don't, they're not picking up the paper. They don't, you don't see them. You know, it's just sad. Well, so, a lot of people don't get the paper anymore. So here's what well, old people do, though. I mean, <laughs> more so. Really the only subscriber base they have, people over the age of 65, for the mm-hmm. most part, pe- newspapers. Uh, so the BBC reporting here. Now, this, this story, there's two different uh, pieces. One is fairly old, about five years old. The other one from last year. Just to give you an idea of some of the, uh, the concepts that the Chinese government has come up with in order to curb the addictions to online gaming. We'll see if you uh, think this will actually work. Uh, what they propose, the new system will impose penalties on players who spend more than three hours playing a game by reducing the abilities of their characters. It's funny. Gamers who spend more than five hours will have the abilities of their in-game character severely limited. So in a lot of these massively multiplayer online games, you're... The whole point behind the game is to build your character's mm. statistics and mm-hmm. like how strong they are and you know how much uh, how many spells they can cast. So and there's a like disincentive that. to play for play longer. That's what they're trying to work in here. And it says here that the General Administration of Press and Publication, the body which regulates online gaming, said the timing mechanism can prevent young people from becoming addicted to online games. They claim that all the biggest online game operators uh, operators in China have said they will adopt the new system. And it, we can see how, how how great it works with this guy dropping dead at this uh, internet cafe. <laughs> right, that's what makes me wonder. Did they go ahead and implement this? And if so, I'm thinking, okay, well, the first thing that comes to my mind, how to get around this. Well, you could just have a different game. 
you could have two different games you play, right? Or three. Yeah. That's so if you play the one right. game for the three hours, then you can put that down. It's going to make you take a five-hour break before you can return to that game, which means you've got enough time to play two other games in that five-hour break, right? So you, get, you can get another game, load that up, play for three hours, load that one up, play for three hours. And by that time, by the time you're done with those two games, then the other game you're clear on, so you can start playing that one again. You could. I mean, usually you're passionate. I, I, my experience is I'm passionate about one game at a time. Yes, well, but you're not an addict. Right. So I'm I'm, just, I would think the, the addict's mind, if in, if in fact this is an addiction, that, right. uh, you know, okay, I can't do Coke, so I'll do speed or whatever. You right. Know? That's how I feel. Or, Mark, you could maybe look at another possible workaround. Maybe this guy's got a crack. Maybe there's some sort of a... No, you know, yeah, a, I imagine they do. Yeah, some kind of program that has been written to ride on top of the program. He might have been at this internet cafe with the purpose of uh, being able to switch computers or something like that. So Maybe his ID, IP address uh, changes Change, every time. Something, something like that. Some sort of ID would be changing in that case. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, if this system was put in place, and it, the, the way this story is written, it sounds like they did put it in place then there obviously are ways around it. Now, here's another one. This one from last year in June. Although China's online game market continues to exponentially increase in value, the nation's Ministry of Culture plans on slapping another round of restrictive regulations on massively multiplayer online games and other online titles uh, in August of last year. New regulations are designed to protect minors from unwholesome content while playing online, which also introduced uh, while also introducing measures which will prevent them from succumbing to the sweet, sweet siren song of online gaming addiction. One major rule in the new regulations limits the purchase of in-game goods and services to virtual cash, a regulation which seems easy to do away with the micro excuse me, seems to do away with the microtransaction business model altogether. Because uh, I guess a lot of these games, when, you're, when you've got this whole inventory of, of products that you can buy in this massive uh, online game, there becomes a marketplace within the game for, you know, this sword's better than that sword, so it's more valuable, and oh, you, right. know, you can trade that for gold in the game. But some of these games will allow you to buy in and, and actually take... Like Federal Reserve notes, take your dollars or yuan or EMBs or whatever, and mm-hmm. and change them into whatever the in-game currency is to kind of up your abilities with your own wallet. And so they're talking about preventing that uh, from happening. Oh yeah, right. Like that would happen if if I were the owner of that business and I had been raking it in, in raking in money at the uh, at the expense of of idiots. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to go along with that. No, so. I wouldn't. <laughs> and and it also points out here that minors aren't allowed to permit condu- or to excuse me, they aren't permitted to conduct virtual transactions whatsoever. So when you see that level eighty mage that's still sporting his starting gear, don't be too confused. He's probably just fourteen years old. <laughs> now they don't really get into uh, to any of the other details as far as what else it is that they have planned, but just some some ideas for how the government people are you know looking at changing the business of the uh, the online massively multiplayer games and the, supposedly to help people and i don't know if it's it's if it's having much of an effect because people who want to do these things similarly to the war on drugs people mm-hmm. that want to do drugs will take whatever risk is necessary to get their hands on them. it doesn't matter to them if the drugs are illegal mm-hmm. doesn't really matter to them what the penalties are they're going to do it similarly somebody that wants to continue playing world of warcraft without interruption is going to find some way to accomplish that i would love to see uh, data to see if the rise in unemployment corresponds to a rise in 
gaming use and addiction. Or if uh, gaming use and addiction corresponds to a rise in unemployment. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Also, coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the Toda Sack. Stay tuned for that. Uh, your video game addiction story certainly welcome if you've got one for us. 800-259-9231. Or you can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that and buy shopping with us at Amazon. You know Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer. They sell all kinds of products. Uh, dozens of categories, probably a million or so items, maybe more, I don't know, lots of stuff. Groceries even at Amazon. Now, what you need to do to shop with us is to enter through our special affiliate links, which you can find at shop.freetalklive.com. Go to shop.freetalklive.com, click on the appropriate Amazon site for your country, and uh, go shopping. Get whatever you need to get and feel good because you're getting the same great Amazon prices and free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, even used items. They sell those too. Um, but you're getting the same great deals you're used to getting. It's just you're entering through our portal. So Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com at Amazon. And if you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, try jurisdictionary.com. It's a course for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. So easy. The average eighth grader could go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. I've gone through the course. It's an awesome course. I'm going to be going through it again here shortly. Get it at jurisdictionary.com. So we're talking about video game addiction. What about getting help? Because I was thinking during the break, like what I couldn't give advice. 12 steps. 12-step <laughs> program. They may exist. I, I don't well, know. You, you you could just, I mean, basically anybody in a 12-step program would give you advice on how to handle addiction in general, and you would go through the steps. And Gamers Anonymous. It wouldn't surprise me if that existed at this point, because this there's is There's gambling anonymous. Right. And there's Narcotics Anonymous mm-hmm. and Alcoholics Anonymous, obviously. So, uh, so I'm curious if that actually does exist. I wouldn't be shocked. But this is a, becoming a larger and larger problem as more and more people are playing video games. People in my generation, you know, Generation X, I'm kind of like the very end of Generation X. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people in my generation have been playing it for their pretty much their whole lives. And, of course, now you've got, you pointed out that babies are, are playing video games. And so you've got a whole new generation coming up that's been playing it even longer as far as uh, the, when they started than Generation X has. So it'll become more and more of a problem, especially as these video game companies start coming up with more ways to get people hooked. Remember, Mark, we, we talked last time we discussed this issue. We went down a list of things. I think it was from Cracked.com of things that these companies do to make their games even more addictive. Yeah. Like there well, are certain techniques that they use uh, that are just basically turn them into online crack. Indeed. I mean, yeah, they've, they've got systems to, that, that sort of work with your mind in order to get you addicted. That's, that's the intention. And yeah, you're getting obviously, these... as a, any kind of business, you're going to want somebody addicted to your product. I want people addicted to Free Talk Live. I want them yeah. to listen to all the shows. Go back, listen to the last shows. I want that. I think that there's a distinct difference ethically uh, between something like a uh, marketing campaign to advertise and, and, you know, get people, as you would say, addicted or market to them 
versus, for example, um, where, you know, because you have to actually go to the store and buy the product or buy it through Amazon or something like that, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, salespeople who dress up as nurses and go into third world countries and, and offer uh, infants formula saying it's just as good as breast milk. I mean, there's, there, I think there's a very, there's a big difference between, um, between selling a product that is, um, you know, lying about it versus not. And so I don't think that there, there is anything out there that does not, uh, the, for any, I don't think that there is a sane person that can possibly say that sitting in front of a television or a box um, for hours on end is in any way uh, healthy or, or good for you. I don't think anyone will make that claim. No. Really? Right. Uh, so, so let's get some people some help here. I can't. I was thinking to myself, like, well, what would I say? I, I can't say anything to this. I have this problem. Like, I, I can't help you. I don't have any personal experience with this because the last game that I, uh, that I played, Fallout New Vegas... I ended up staying up till 7 a.m., you know, on a regular basis until I finally beat the game. And now I, you know, now it's done. I'm, I'm fine now. I don't have that issue anymore. But for a while, for about a week of my life or more, you know, this, this game dominated. Well, uh, did my you time. shower? Yes. Okay. And you ate and you did all the things. I still did some business, but I wasn't doing as much because mm-hmm. I was getting up really late as well, a result. I've got to say that I used to work at a comic book store and I would hear people say that they'd buy a, a new book and sit it, uh, sit down and read it and finish the, not just a comic book, but a, a science fiction book or something mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, several hundred pages, sit down, read the whole thing in the course cover of cover. an evening, yeah. um, you know, go to sleep very late. I, I mean, how much different is that than, how much different is a book than a video game? When you're talking about books, don't this. take as long. I suppose it, it depends on the book. on the book, yeah, yeah, it depends on the book. Well, I would say you know I'm I've been an avid reader and and um, that's actually how I used to punish Aziza, my eldest child. You'd make her read. No, wouldn't let her, wouldn't let her read. I oh, wouldn't I let see. Her read. Yeah. yeah, is that would, funny? You wouldn't want to punish a child by making her read. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, she read one. You know, one year she read over three hundred books in wow, one incredible. year, and the deal was for every classic you read, then you can read something else, whatever it is. So that Some was one hundred and fifty classics. You know, I mean, was, and then a lot of yeah, a lot of romance smut novels. But um, in any case, the what. I would say is that reading stimulates your imagination and expands sure your vocabulary. And it, how, you know, it, spelling yeah, very um, different. I, I've got to say, I used to be a terrible speller when I was in high school, and then you know thereafter, and just getting into reading changed that for me. Now I can recognize the words. I mm-hmm. you know, it's almost entirely based on recognizing the words. So reading helped me as far as spelling goes. When I was in high school, I. I may have read on my own a few books for yeah. for pleasure. I really didn't do it after high school. I certainly did. So, so we're going to give you a little bit of uh, some suggestions here as to if you have this problem and what could be done about it. Now, luckily for me, and, and I was well aware of this problem, this massively multiplayer online role-playing game, when I was a little younger, earlier in the aughts, I considered, I toyed with the idea of starting this, but I had, I had already seen what was happening to some other people mm-hmm. and how often they were playing it and how much of a time sink uh, mm-hmm. these games were. And, you know, I was running my own business at that time and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to get into this. And I, I did. The other thing that really kind of kept me away <laughs> is that it costs per month as well. And mm-hmm. so I'm, yeah. I'm a cheapskate, you know, to mm-hmm. some extent. I mean, I spend money on the things that are important to me, but on things like other things like I, I couldn't justify paying 10 or 15 bucks a month for a video game. Yeah. Who needs a new bill? 
The yeah. yay, give me another bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to the old school video game model where you buy the game once and you can play it as many times as you want yes. to. Um, so it was kind of insulting to me as at the same time. Like, I don't want to pay this money. So I didn't do it. And thank goodness, too, because I, I could see myself as being one of those people who really gets into a video game like that. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, you know, uh, if I buy a game, it's one of those games that ends. And when it ends, I, I can get back to so my normal. So you're a binger. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. Nice. <laughs> so that's why I say I can't really give you any personal advice on this one because uh, my willpower melts away when I encounter a good game. And uh, but that's well, I okay. used to be a big gamer. I'd play all the time, every night, instead of watching television or something like yeah. that. And then, you know, one day I didn't feel like gaming as much. I don't I either. It doesn't... Watch uh, some movies instead. And then how, just... I've, how I've done things like let go of addictions in the past or, or bad habits or something like that was never consciously thinking, I'm going to quit doing this, but rather... Filling find something my, else. Finding filling my my life with so many good things mm-hmm. that I just lost the taste for it, kind of thing. Yeah, that's what uh, ended up happening to me. I think in mm-hmm. general with video games is that I used to play them a lot more in the past, and just kind of as I got older, other things became more interesting to me. Yes, like playing with the cat became more fun than, than <laughs> training the, the cat. Games. Yeah, the trained cat. Right, because the cat is real, and you know it's. I don't know. Even though you know what the cat's going to do, you also kind of know what the video game's going to do. Ian likes to play with pussies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's a cat. It is a cat, yes. You guys told me that I could say things like that. You can. You totally can. I'm just practicing. Pussy cats. So uh, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you've got some tips, some suggestions, because we've got a website here, uprocks.com, article, How to Manage Your Online Gaming Addiction, with some tips as to how to break free of the hold that some of these video games, uh, well, that people allow themselves uh, to have with these video games. But maybe you have something from your personal experience of what happened to you, and we'd certainly love you to share those at 1-800-259-9231. How did you break your video game habit but before we get to that in hour number three we've got to give you a two-pack of the tota sack but mark tell me what the tota sack is tota sack is a retail grocery bag carrier it is a, a hook made of 100 percent recycled materials that you can carry your grocery bags and all kinds of other items uh with it's a great uh, great handle for carrying things and it's made right in the united states with uh you know 100 percent recycled materials and you know you should get a family pack you'll you'll you you'll be really surprised at how much easier it makes these carrying tasks like uh, carrying grocery bags. And the price is right as well. So you can go to totasac.us to learn more about the Totasac, T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S. And if you want a two-pack of the Totasac, you can call in right now at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Call in now to win a two-pack of the Totasac, 603-435-1105. Hour three is coming up next. Share your video game addiction stories, and if you beat the addiction, what was your secret? You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. 
There's more. You can buy Liberty Snickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. You dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Also joining us for the very first time this evening, officially, is our brand newest affiliate. Welcome to KBUR 1490. Our first affiliate in Iowa, Burlington, Iowa. Coming on board to, uh, I guess they're replacing the uh, the old Dean Adele show, I think. Uh, used to be uh, one of those doctors, Dr. Dean. He retired at the end of the year, and they have selected Free Talk Live as his replacement. Dr. So. Dean had a you know a stellar career in radio. He did. Had a lot of stations, too, mm-hmm. and we managed to pick up uh, a couple of them, and, which is great. You know, Every time somebody kind of drops off the radar, it always is uh, an opportunity for us vultures here at uh, Free Talk Live to swoop in. And kind of pick up uh, the pieces. Yeah, if you're just listening to the the show for the first time, a little bit of advice. You need to listen for a while before you're really going to get it. Um, you know, people will love to pigeonhole Free Talk Live as conservative or as liberal. And in fact, we don't fit into those uh, th- those pigeonholes at all. We're very consistent with our philosophy. We believe in peace, freedom, and personal responsibility. Absolutely. Individual liberty all the way, every issue, every time. So, yeah, it is going to be a little bit different. It's not your typical talk radio fair, but it is still talk radio. We will we'll take your calls actually about anything, unlike most talk shows, wherein you are usually restricted to whatever the host wants to talk about for that hour-long period of time. You must call on that topic or you won't get through. We don't do it that way. While we certainly come to the table with topics, uh, you aren't required to call like on spanking. that. Spanking, sure. Yeah, we had that topic a couple weeks ago, and it went all over the place. Different types of spanking, as a matter of fact. Uh, And we've been talking about video game addiction tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. So anything that happens to be on your mind goes. You dial in toll-free, the number 1-800-259-9231. But the uh, the station there in Burlington, KBUR 1490, joining us uh, every weeknight, as a matter of fact, and taking, I believe, just the third hour. So, so you're starting with a little bit of free talk live, a little, little dose of free talk live. And uh, Steve Hexham, the program director, the, also the morning show host, is going to have me on his show on Friday morning, I think. Yeah, Friday morning. So I'll be talking to him then, and we'll be a good time to kind of promote the show. And that right is brand on. new. Yeah, I like it when that happens. And it, it honestly doesn't happen as often as I might like. I always let my program directors know of all of our 93 stations that I'm always available for those sorts of things. And, you know, they're busy guys. They've got a lot of stuff going on. But it's always, it's always nice when a lot of stations them, don't have a live show at all. So. Most of them do. They get okay. a live morning show or something like that. But, a lot of them no, don't. They've got a lot on their plates. A lot of these guys are doing a bunch of jobs, too. They're programming like three radio stations, whereas in the olden wow. days, you know, it was one program director per radio station. Now they've got three stations to monitor, and they're doing a, a morning show on top of that. So I don't blame them, uh, but it'll be nice, too. It's nice to be on, finally, in Iowa. So welcome aboard to everybody listening in Burlington tonight. Uh, and you guys are delay broadcasting the show as well, so you'll have to call in. If you want to call in and interact with us, uh, you'll have to call in during our live show hours, which are from uh, 6 to 9 Central uh, at night, every night. So feel free to get interactive with us at the right times. 
All right, 800-259-9231. That's the number here. You can take control. We've been talking about video game addiction. And, you know, the last time we brought this topic up, there wasn't a whole lot of participation. I would say we've had probably a little more tonight than we normally do. I think that maybe people are embarrassed to talk about this. It can't be uncommon, right? I mean, I have had this The nature of an addict, they don't think that they have an addiction. Mm, This is a good point. (laughs) So, okay, how about this? If you uh, play video games more than 10 hours a week, maybe you could call and and talk to us about that. Well, 1-800-259-9231 is the number. You can uh, take control of the airwaves here. I want to go through a list of things that you can do because this is, I don't want to just talk about the problem. I want to talk about a solution. And we talked about the problem in the last hour. A guy died in China after playing for three days straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the only time stories like that have, uh, have occurred. People have lost girlfriends and boyfriends and husbands and wives mm-hmm. over this. They have lost their jobs. They have lost their careers and in some cases their lives. So it's a pretty serious, it can be a pretty serious problem. And one website, Uproxx, U-P-R-O-X-X dot com, has a feature story here on some tips on how to manage your online gaming addiction. You don't have a problem, they say. You can quit any time. It's not like you're one of those guys who starves to death playing World of Warcraft or Counter-Strike. On the other hand, the mountain of Mountain Dew cans beside the computer chair is becoming a major safety hazard, and you attempted to cast a fireball at a bank teller last week. (laughs) Welcome to the world of the functioning addict. You have a job, friends, maybe even a girlfriend, but you spend more time in games like World of Warcraft or EVE Online than you'd like, and you want to cut back. Here are a few simple tips to make it easier. Number one, quit your guild. One of the tricks online games employ to keep you coming back is the guild, or corporation, depending on the game. A guild provides friends, a community, and a sense of duty. If people are relying on you, you'll sink hour after hour into the game to fulfill your responsibilities. The human brain has evolved to view social demands, even artificial ones, as extremely high priorities. So what the ga- these guilds do is like they'll go on a raid or something like that. They'll have something scheduled that the guild must do together in the game in order for their you know guild to advance or, oh, or whatever. Right. So it requires all these people to come and play the game at a specified time. And you know maybe otherwise they might play it a little less. Instead, they're doing mm-hmm. it more because, well, they're real people there. They, they don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guilds exploit this to cause your brain to ascribe real-world significance to a game, thus making it more important to you. By quitting your guild or scaling back your involvement, you reduce this factor and help to put the game back into its proper context, that of a fun diversion or hobby. Note that this doesn't mean that you have to give up the friends you've made through the game. You can still talk to them on the phone or over chat or through other channels. Just don't do it in-game. Yeah, but they won't. But they likely won't want to talk to you anymore because you quit the guild. So you know, it's like uh, you know, like a sorority or whatever, or a or fraternity. A lot of these <laughs> sororities and fraternities are really just you know party groups, and if you don't pay the dues, then they're not your friends anymore. One of those kind of things. Number two, change how you play. Every aspect of online games are engineered to draw you in. The vast worlds, the hundreds of quests to perform, the Chinese dwarves spamming gold in broken English. Okay, well, not that last part. Let's take a look at average, the average night of gaming. You figure you walk for 20 minutes, and then you'll go feed the cat and take out the trash. Halfway along the way, you meet an attractive night elf. Uh, you spend time chatting Phil up before he logs off. Then, feeling rejected, you get lost and eventually meet a wizard who offers you endless treasures to go hunt down the great and powerful staff of MacGuffin. Before you know it, it's the next day. The cat has died of dysentery and the garbage <laughs> smells like a mass grave. 
In order to avoid this kind of thing, it's important to do two things. First, never sit down to play without a distinct goal in mind. Don't just wander. Always have something that you're doing or somewhere that you're going, and make sure it can all be done in less than an hour. Second, take 10% off the time you think it'll take you to do it and set a timer. Try to get it done before the timer goes off. This will provide an element of challenge that'll make the game more interesting and also make you less likely to spend all night fighting mud goblins and pining over Phil. Number three, find something else to do with your time. We'll continue the list here in a moment. We'll take your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231. Your gaming addiction experiences. Kenny is in South Carolina. Kenny, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Kenny, in South Carolina. Going once. Hey, Kenny, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. Um, I just wanted to just uh, generally respond to this uh, video game topic um, as an ex-World of Warcraft player. Okay. Um, well, I feel like sometimes you guys give uh, some of the even, like, the, I guess, casual players kind of a bad rap. Because, what do you um, consider casual? What happens is, we see what happens is the difference between games like, that are massively multiplayer and regular games is that it's more of a hobby. I like to compare it to people who go bowling or play sports. You have to, because it's a cooperative activity, you have to dedicate certain blocks of time because there are other people that are relying on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all. Like that's usually that that misunderstanding is where uh, these games get such a bad rap because people are setting aside blocks of time that they don't want to break these commitments. People that don't understand the importance of that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you're addicted or this and that. And so, while there are people who have serious serious priority issues with video games, the vast majority of players are no different from people who build chips in a bottle. Now, how many hours a week do you think, I mean, that, okay, that's clear, that makes some sense that you'd have to set time aside because other people are counting on you. How many hours a week do you think that one could call, uh, you know, of playing what one would call an addiction? Um, well, I guess to put it, if I was going to put a number on it, if it's far more time than you spend on absolutely crucial activities, then obviously that's an addiction. But, I mean, there are other factors, obviously, that factor into that final decision. Were you addicted at one time? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I didn't have nearly as much fun uh, to actually even ever get near Thanks for addiction. the call. Appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. You can tell your story if you'd like. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there 
for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, those features include the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact because the chat room is built into the webcam uh, right there over at cam.freetalklive.com. That is cam.freetalklive.com. And I don't think the Free Talk Live chat room could really become addicting because sometimes the people in there are really obnoxious and you won't want to spend, you know, in some cases you won't want to spend a whole lot of time. Sometimes they're very alluring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. I mean, it's a good. Sometimes it can be a very good time. You know, go ahead and find out what it's like for yourself. Go to cam.freetalklive.com and use at your own risk. <laughs> MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. At up to 99% off of list price. They also have customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling, in stock, ready to ship, via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, we continue here talking about gaming addiction. We'll continue on the list of how to manage your online gaming addiction, trying to reduce the uh, problems that can come from people playing too much and possibly putting their other priorities, things that should be priorities, uh, behind the ball and not really taking care of things as uh, as they should. We'll continue that list here in a moment, but also want to get your thoughts, your input, especially if you've had a gaming addiction and you've beaten it. What were your solutions? How did that work for you? What's your story? 800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue. Mark is listening in Arizona. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and another Mark. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, Mark. What's on your mind? Hey, um, so I felt I had some relevant experience, even though it's not, I wouldn't call it really addiction, but I, I've definitely played World of Warcraft on the, the level that uh, that you would, you know, you would put in the same bucket there. with. Uh, mm. You've stayed up all night long, multiple nights playing? Yeah, mm. exactly. And, and uh, I have a number of friends, a large number of friends who, who do exactly the same thing and who continue to do that. So, In the interest um, of fairness, I'll ask you, do you have a girlfriend or a wife or a boyfriend? No. Okay. Uh, do you have a job? <laughs> I do. Okay. Do you want and, to? I mean, like, do you... Uh, oh, oh, hold on. Yeah, and, and also, though, I should mention, though, that, that I have since stopped playing World of Warcraft completely uh, for... In the hope of maintaining all those other things that you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that this is probably the uh, this is where the rubber hits the road on this particular issue. If if your relationships, familial or uh, you know hoped re- you know relationships, are suffering, if your job's suffering, then then you've got the addiction. If if yeah. not, then you're playing a game. That's a good point. Yeah, and I think that the list that you're that you're going through right now is um, you know it's really focused on the right thing because what I've seen is it's really focused on the idea of achievement. You know, unlike, you know, unlike a drug addiction where, uh, you know, you have a, a biological uh, need for something, mm, good uh, and, point. and so you're replacing you're replacing your need for achievement with some other need. Uh, in this case, it's the same type of need. It's still ambition, but um, you know, you replace real ambition with uh, virtual ambition. Was it hard for you to uh, you know, to to quit the massively multiplayer online role playing game? Uh, it, it, there was a lot of uh, a lot of peer pressure, certainly, to get back into it. Peer pressure to stay um, in the game from, like, the yeah. guild members, that kind of thing? Yes, my, uh, my guild members, and, um, you know, they're, they're my friends in real life, too, and um, it certainly, I, I certainly see them a lot less. So would it have been easier, then, for you, if you, had, if you had a guild in the game, would it have been easier for you to break away if you didn't know any of them in real life, like if you only had known them from the game? Uh, certainly. 
Yeah, because then yeah, they can't I, pressure you in, in, in reality. Huh. Okay, right. so so what did it take? I mean, did you quit cold turkey? Did you wean yourself off? How do you how do you quit an online gaming addiction? Well, uh, you know, I it was actually kind of off and on, but most of the time it was uh you know, it was sort of the, the catalyst was changing my credit card and forgetting to update the uh, credit card information <laughs> system. Right? So it you know, after after I changed my credit card once or twice, the the billing would would keep going. I would forget to change the information. Then I would get an email saying, you know, please renew your subscription. And I'd mm-hmm. say, hmm, you know, maybe I'm not really interested in renewing it this time. I see. And I would let it lapse. And, and just the last time I let it lapse and I haven't picked it back up. Again, now, when, so. when it lapses, does, I mean, you've worked in many, in many you've worked very hard. Yeah, what happens it, to the character? Yeah, what happens to the character? Yeah. Do you lose your, your hammer of mush, muffin smashing or whatever? <laughs> Well, I mean, you don't you don't lose the the stuff that you've created, and, and you know, unless it's just a really long time, and you've you know, whatever server might have been shut down or something. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know, my my level eighty character is still on. So it's still there waiting uh, for you. Servers. Should you decide that you want to uh, to power up the account or fu- fund up the account, uh, you'll be right. you'll be back right where it was. Of course, though, that that's you know, with with all the the new features that they've added to World of Warcraft, that that's still pretty pretty far behind the ball. I see. So you've got to keep playing in order to kind of it's keep It's like the up magic cards where yeah. the, you've got to keep yeah. on buying new ones because your old ones just can't fight That upsets me them. about magic cards because yeah. it's such a great game and that as the years go on, they just keep adding things to it and it makes it much more difficult to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, do you uh, then weigh down your guild? Like, are you now the weak link or do you... I bet they've kicked him out. I mean, it's over. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it, well, it's been so... You know, I, I don't... I wouldn't say that guilds are, are necessarily that um, – they're not that uh, – they don't have that much animosity towards people who aren't, who aren't uh, up to the same level of playtime as they are. But, but um, you know, it's certainly um, – they certainly don't like to see anybody go just because it's one less person to uh, – sort of hang out with online. And, and, yeah. th- thanks for sharing your story tonight. I, I appreciate hearing from you, Mark, and thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Matt, uh, listening in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, guys, and Michelle. How hey, are you guys tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Go ahead. Okay, well, there's a uh, multiplayer game that, that I play online, and actually I'm playing it right now. And I play it probably about an hour a night. Sometimes I play a little more, sometimes a little less. And basically, I play it while uh, Free Talk Live is on. And that way, I'm timing myself so I, I, I can be at the computer and listening to you guys and I'm doing something. So when we finish the hour, you know it's time to quit the game. What's the game that you're playing? It's called Anarchy Online. Oh, of course. <laughs> so I've heard of this one. Uh, it's yet another one of these massively multiplayer online games. Is, is there a goal? I and mean, what is the, the purpose? No, the goal is just to develop your your um, your character. Mm-hmm. Your character goes through levels, and it can reach uh, level two twenty. And once you've reached level two twenty, you've reached enlightenment. And I haven't reached two twenty yet, so I don't know what that's what, about. What level is your character? Uh, mine's one one eighty four. My highest character. So, uh, so you don't know what uh, happens when when you reach the enlightenment, or is it like start over from the beginning or something? Or no, I'll find out. I mean, if I was to sit there and play it. You know, eight hours a day, I'm sure I could get, but, you know, I'm not that interested in finding out. So, do, do you feel like you've ever come close to being addicted, or have you always been under control with this? When I was younger, um, 
you know, they they came out when I was a teenager. They came out with games like uh, uh, the Space Invaders and stuff like that, and you had to pump quarters into them. Oh yeah. And I used to be kind of addicted to those. That's a really <laughs> costly addiction, arcade gaming. Well, when you're, sure. when you're not working for your own quarters, it makes it a uh, you know it makes it a lot easier to get addicted. That's how it was for you when I was a kid. Matt, thanks for the story. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line joining you this evening. It's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. Listening options are included. We've got a broadband and dial-up version of the program. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to access those. In addition, you'll find a full list of our radio stations, 93 of them from coast to coast, that air the program at various different times throughout the week. Our satellite feed, which is free to air, meaning you don't pay for a subscription to tune it in. And webcam, listen lines, listen lines allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to the show that way. So enjoy it all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, Danny Ladone is calling in, the director of the of playing Columbine and the creator of the Columbine game. Danny, are you with us? Hi, guys. I'm with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we've heard your voice. Uh, it's always good to have you here, and uh, certainly an expert in the uh, the realm of video gaming and the culture that surrounds it. What, uh, what did you have to share tonight? Well, so my film is not really about video game addiction. However, I did want to share a brief story with you about a family friend of mine who got really into massive multiplayer online gaming. Mm, okay. He was specifically interested in the Star Wars Galaxies game, which is like a multi-online multi player game specifically for Star Wars. And I was interested because I loved Star Wars. Yeah. But uh, not, not too long into watching him play the game, I was puzzled because no Star Wars things were happening. Hmm. Uh, so I asked him, what are you doing? He's like, oh, well, I build houses for people. So you build houses for people? Yeah, he says, I can build these kinds of teepees and these huts. And I go out into the desert, and I collect supplies, and I build houses. And he spends hours and hours playing this game. And I asked him, well, what about Star Wars stuff? Like, do you get a lightsaber or a blaster? Do you become a Jedi or fly a, a TIE fighter to the yeah. Death Star? Right. Uh, he said, oh, I know one friend who, who's on that track, but it's really hard to do. Most of my friends on the game, we just build stuff or we own shops in Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, they're slaves. So you could be like Uncle Ben out in the desert of Tatooine, uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta, collecting uh, dew for junk. the... For the <laughs> salvage some junk. <laughs> I'm a Jawa. I, I collect me because droids. He has a day job as a blue-collar working kind of guy, and why he would choose to spend his free time as a blue-collar Star Wars Wars character wow. didn't make sense to me. Incredible. <laughs> Danny, do you think, Go with what you know, I guess. Do you think that like that right. the one caller who called in said it's really about um, not validation but accomplishment and everything that um, that maybe for your friend it's he's able to virtually act out and rise through the ranks or whatever in a way that he's not able to in his real life. I will say that many gamers, probably my family friend included. 
um, go online and play a game like that for the social experience. It's a place to hang out virtually with your friends in your guild, etc. I myself am more of a goal-oriented video game player. I go in, I want to unlock the levels, get the weapons, beat it on the hardest level, and then I'm done with the game, I'll move on. Yep. So, so you were I just at this want point. To let you guys know that playing Columbine will be available starting in April on iTunes, and I oh, can neat. tell you more about that as we get to that point. Yeah, I would but look forward to hearing from you. I thought I would share that story with you. Yeah, very cool. So you saw your uh, your family member doing this, and that pretty much right. turned you off to even trying the game. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I know that there are cool things you can do in Star Wars Galaxy, but like one of those open-end sandbox games, what he was interested in doing was building stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it just doesn't make much sense Rather to me. Rather than use the game to explore a universe in which you don't know and you aren't familiar with, he chose the path of being yeah, what he did in real life. I wish I could be the yeah. uh, the quartermaster for the stormtroopers so I can pass out uh, you know blasters <laughs> and uh, count beans until uh, you know the the wow. next time uh, some battle occurs and so my friends get blown away. It doesn't make no, it I makes can't no sense. I can imagine playing a video game where I'm a mother. Yeah, right. yeah. And I'm cooking and cleaning. And a vacuum. And the kids Clean the cat back to box. <laughs> no wow. thanks. Thanks you for know, the observation. One game that I got really hooked on called Harvest Moon allows you to be a farmer. And you truly just get up every day and water all of your plants. And then you go to the store, you buy supplies, and you go home and you go to bed. And I would play the game for hours a day, and it felt like doing chores. And it felt like work, <laughs> and it wasn't fun. Wow. But I had to do it because I was committed to growing my farm over the oh, two and a half gosh. years of the game. Isn't this what time. people are doing on Facebook, Mark, with the Farmville? I, things like that. I don't. I have not played Farmville, so There's I couldn't say. There's one that say. you play, though. I play there? one. You... It's called Castle Age, and it's my understanding. It's very similar um, in that basically all you do is you go in every day and you have to click stuff that uh, you know over time you get more energy points and you have to click things in order to deplete your energy points and you move up in levels and there really seems to be no point whatever. I guess. Sim, I guess. Sim <laughs> yeah, you City. still do it every right? day. The Sims Several would times be... a day. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, he totally is more oh, <laughs> hooked. I have, I've got it open right now. Oh, it is gosh. right on my street. Man, that's awful. Hey, Danny, great observations tonight. Thanks for the call, dude. Great. Appreciate nice it. talking to you guys. Yep, that's Take Danny care. from uh, Playing Columbine, the movie, which he was so kind to put us in. Pretty cool. Yep. Uh, so 800-259-9231. We yeah, as a result, I'm uh, three degrees from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> have you checked that out really oh yes that yeah. guy in there jack uh thompson thomas yeah. thompson jack the, the lawyer the anti-video yeah game he's the one lawyer. who gets us there all right so uh, we continue here with your calls and thoughts on video game addiction you can also bring up anything uh let's talk to nick in arizona nick you're on free talk live with you michelle and mark nick. hey uh i just wanted to tell you about how i cured my video game addiction all right great uh this was before there were multi, you know, massive multiplayer online role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in high school, and I had a Super Nintendo and a Genesis and all that stuff, and I wanted more games than I could afford. So I got online or called some number in the back of a magazine or something, and I bought this thing that you copy video games. And wow. you put the cartridge in the top, and you put them on the floppy disk, so like a... You know, Super Mario Brothers, you put it in the top, and it puts it onto a floppy disk, and you just load that into your Nintendo. Incredible. Once you have every video game, you want no video games. That makes sense. So you beat like, the addiction I, by collecting collecting them all, so to speak? I, I guess so, man. I haven't played video, video games in like 10 years, and I have 
every single video game I could ever think of. And they wow. just, I'm just a hoarder that way, I guess. <laughs> How many floppy disks are we talking about here? Are we talking about like three and a half inch or old five and a half inch disks or five, five and a quarter? Well, these were, these were three and a half inch and I still have the boxes of them. They're no good anymore, you know, cause sure. they degrade over time. Yeah. They're magnetic but discs. I, I, yeah. I, I kept them. I've got a box of them in the uh, garage. I, Ran into them last weekend when I was cleaning out the garage and just laughed for a while. So, you, but you kept them, even though you were cleaning out the garage. You you ran into them and you kept yeah. you held on to them. Those things were important, man. Yeah, <laughs> so much work invested in it. Even if they don't work anymore, he 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 put a lot of effort and work into putting them on those discs. I, I did, and this was before internet. So I used to use my wow. phone to call long distance to download a two megabyte game at. Uh, 2400 baht modem, and it would take 45 minutes and cost me $10 to do that. And me and my group of friends would take turns calling oh. this Where's BBS out in California called Spatula City, and we would just awesome. take turns getting the racked up phone bills to get the first leaked video game and from Japan that wasn't <laughs> wow, even that's translated. You couldn't even play it anyhow. Now, did you have a girlfriend at this time? Oh, no. no way. This okay, is a long so, time the, so, so, so there's a what, he wasn't allowed to have a girlfriend when he was a young guy? Okay, I, mean, <laughs> I suppose you could. But I mean, but so, so I, I detect a common theme here. What's that? You guys need girlfriends. Now, you know, gaming is ubiquitous. Um, it it, uh, it rains, it runs the game. It doesn't gamut. talk back to you. What happens if your girlfriend plays games? Oh, wow. Well, well, you know, uh, maybe along the same time as when I stopped playing video games when I got a <laughs> there you go. That helps. Thank Maybe. you for validating. But a lot of these addictions, but thank you, Nick, for the call tonight. A lot of these addictions, Michelle, happen with a, a girlfriend in the home or a significant mm-hmm. other in the home. Mm. And it, it pulls the person away from that person. Right. So 800-259-9231. Maybe we've got time for your call and your thoughts on this or whatever issue you want. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. Uh, if you're on hold, we may have enough time to get to you. If you're not, well, don't bother because we're about to run out of time here <laughs> shortly. Uh, so I'm not going to give you the number, but I will give you the website. You can go to freetalklive.com and you can get various different features there all completely free. If you like the show and you want to help support us, you can become an amplifier for as little as $3 a month. We will take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations bringing more internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. But it's not always about freedom. It's an open phones show. And it, we cover a variety of different topics here. But if you want to support Free Talk Live, go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about video game addiction. 
and your stories and experiences with it. Let's go to the phones and talk to Matthew listening in New York in Ithaca to WNYY. Hello, Matthew. Hello, guys. Hey, Matthew. What's on your hey, mind gals. today? Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, a video game addiction, of course. Yes, uh, I experienced it early on. Quarters pumping them in for uh, the uh, occasional uh, asteroid or a Pac-Man experience at the local uh, dinner outing. Uh, but then it turned into an Apple e computer and uh, the first forays into uh, some type of D and D adventures. Yeah, those are the ones that are all text-based. Uh, they didn't really, they, mm-hmm. you know, they might flash a picture up that was really, really pixelated or something like that every now and then. But basically, they they tell that it'd just be text on a screen that says, "You're walking into a dark room. There's a table to your right." That kind of thing, right? You got it. Yep, you I got remember it. those. D and D Adventures means Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. Thank okay. you, Michelle. Okay, you are on the ball. <laughs> exactly. We're moving down through layers and levels of, uh, you know. Mazes. So okay. To speak. And so you spent a yeah. lot of time on that way back when? Uh, well, when I was 12 or 13, 14, uh, Apple IIe computer, uh, tech space, as you said, and then we moved into uh, basically higher level games. But at some point, I didn't, I wasn't consistent with games, but I realized I had an addiction to them. Uh, I stopped at a friend's house and I played their Nintendo for about 24 hours. They Jeez. went out drinking. And when they came home, I was still playing their game. Wow. And, and so, so I've engaged this addiction occasionally. Uh, then I was in college and somebody had a computer and I went out and bought Diablo. And I just knew and I just I played it for about 24, 36 hours and I played through. And so I've experienced this addiction and I choose now to have pretty much not really anything to do with computers. And I don't monitor an email or online account or face mail. And I feel like that's healthiest. But I know very deeply about addiction to games. Apparently you do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, well, they've paid a, if you've played a few times and when you do play, you play for binging. 24 hours straight. Yeah, yeah you've... It, <laughs> I, I think you're making the right decisions to stay away from it. Absolutely. I mean, I have a problem. I have a problem being addicted to my email box where I will spend too much time sitting in, in the email box just looking at what's, you know, what's coming in. And so absolutely, that's a very real problem. And I thank you for the call tonight. I'm glad you've got it under control. one 800 not supposed to give that up. We've got people waiting. Let's go uh, continue here and talk to Chuck listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yeah. I hey, was Chuck. wanting to talk about the... Uh on? Yeah, you're here. Go. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No worries. I was wanting to talk about the the, the guy mentioned Star Wars Galaxies yeah. before. Yeah. Right. And uh, I played that one. And oh, God, it nearly ruined my life. Really? For an entire year, mm-hmm. I played that game nonstop. I mean, like, I was I was out of work for like a year. I'd got, I didn't get fired from Kmart, but I quit and I was going to go in the Army, which was, I'm glad I didn't do huh. that. Thank We're you. glad, too. Yeah. 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 I was really glad. But, uh, I mean, for like 16 or 18 hours a day, I would play that game. So were you just eating away your – let me make this clear here. You quit your job, started playing this game. You had quit the job before you started playing the game. Were you just eating away at your savings? Well, it doesn't – it didn't take a whole – it still doesn't take a whole lot for me to live because I I live with either my mom or my grandma or just kind of whoever's couch is open at the moment. Right. Gotcha. But uh, (laughs) – 
dude. And they come were on, get off this. the couch. Move right. out of mom's house. Come on. Your mom and your mom or grandma were tolerating this behavior from you, right? Because they could have put their foot down or something. They were just letting you get away with this, huh? Well, at the time they were. I mean, ever since then, I've actually I've got a job now, and I help mom pay house payments and keep yeah, that's family good. alive and whatever. But. This is something that I think that our society is really strange on is the living with parents. You know, um, any, I could have a female roommate who was uh, 60 years old who lived with me and nobody would think that that was terribly unusual. But because it's my mom and she loves me, well, you know, it's not quite as acceptable. I think having been married to someone who's from Europe and, you know, they definitely like they live at home yeah. essentially until they get married yep. in, in a lot of cultures and stuff. And I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem is with the basement dwellers who, you know, they're not, as this man said, you know, he started contributing to the household economy. They're still living with their parents as if they're children. Mm-hmm. Mom still makes their food. Mom's still doing their laundry. That sort of thing, I think, is clearly unhealthy. So was there anything else you wanted to share from your story? Yeah, I, he was talking about the crafting thing, and I mean, that wasn't true of all people, but it was of some. Like, I did both. I would actually go, and I'd sit in the actual, you know, the cantina on Tatooine, and I would wait for people to come in and uh, offer for me to give me, you know, they I'd take them for rides in the spaceship, in the spaceship, and they would get points for being on board the spaceship while we killed, you know, like TIE fighters and crap. Hmm. And... uh yeah, I basically did that for an entire year. Me and my buddy did. Incredible. And Why did you stop? What what brought it to a close? I just got tired of it, I suppose. I mean, it eventually got it, you know, wore out. Yeah, did it become repetitive? I mean, because... It I mean, did, yeah. There's only so much you can do, right? And then you're just leveling up after a certain point. Right. And I still do this with games, but like Fallout and Oblivion and uh, there's one called Arma. And I play all these games somewhat regular but kind of like mark said i'll go through a point where i'll play a game for like you know i might go through a period where i want to do nothing but play games and then like right now i haven't played a video game for a month or two yeah that's how i that's how i'll go is i'll go for months without playing anything and then i'll get one that i'm interested in and i'll just it'll just suck up all my time uh my free time thanks for the call tonight i appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 but you know things are still getting done so i don't feel too terrible about uh, the occasional game i don't i don't feel too bad about it facial facial uh Conducted an inter- yes my son conducted an intervention with me actually regarding um, what he um he thought that I was spending too much time on Facebook and mm. um, I signed up on Match.com. Oh yeah, and yes, and um, yeah, I'd like a date. Attention, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Seven has been asked out like three times in ten years. Come on now. Um, so so yeah, so he thought that I was spending too much time, and I've I'm a writer, and so he said should be writing instead of doing yes, that. and so it wasn't a matter of actually being on the actual you know computer he, uh it was being online and so he took my little wireless card thingy the care card very sharp yes, let's talk to nick listening in colorado nick you're on free talk live with you michelle and mark hello how y'all doing tonight hey, nick what's on your mind tonight oh i just like to say that uh i'm 30 years old and uh, i own my own business and i own my own house and i play world of warcraft and i think it's a healthy addiction is that right and you Why? just need to start to learn balance and uh, if you learn balance, it, it, you'll uh, enjoy the game a lot. Balance. Well, you know, this is this is true with anybody who play you know gambling, um, all kinds of. The, That's not an people, addiction, though. Then right, there are people out there that well, smoke crack I responsibly, it is an addiction, and I'll admit it. Mm. Hmm. So you're a functioning uh, addict. 
Yeah, and I believe for 50 cents a day, um, it's a pretty cheap, healthy addiction. I mean, it's never it could be worse. Me I mean, as long as you're eating, baby. like, but you're eating food. You're not skipping meals. You're sleeping. Yeah. How many hours a day do you I mean, play? I'm a functioning World of Warcraft player. How many hours per day? Well, see, the thing is, what I wanted to call about is I, I drastically cut back my time. I used to be logged on about 12 hours a day, and now I only play about three hours a day because I stopped watching TV and I started doing a whole lot of research online and listening to talk radio. And, and you're right, Ian. I mean, it's like I learned the simpler, the simple things in life are really what's more enjoyable. Like I play, I enjoy playing tug of war with my pit bull way more than, than video owning games. some little kid's face in the battleground anymore. Absolutely. You know? I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing <laughs> from you. I, I totally agree with him. It's just more satisfying. All right. So, uh, oh, so real quick, the remainder of the tips on how to manage your online addiction. Number three was to uh, find something else to do with your time. You know, go outside, find a new hobby, etc. Number four, stop reading the magazines and websites because that's just feeding into your desire for more. Uh, find other forms of entertainment was number five. So there's a few other tips for you. You can go get more at uproxuproxx.com. And get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month. For fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's LibertyStickers.com. They can also make custom stickers for your band, your church, your business, whatever. It's LibertyStickers.com. Small runs. It's cheap. You could put. You could make five of them and uh, you know do a very, very cheap thing. LibertyStickers.com. Well, if you do a bigger run, then it will be really cheap. Yeah, well... It, Certainly, more I was just talking with him today, actually, yeah. about doing some more Free Talk Live stickers, because they do our stickers. Yes. Rick, Rick, Rick's a good guy. All right, so we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. It's another edition of the Edgington Post, and I have with me Preston Fleming. Uh, Preston, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me on the show. Certainly. Uh, Preston, uh, you're an author, and um, you've done some uh, books in the what they call the Camus Trilogy. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Camus Trilogy is set in uh, the future, and it um, essentially depicts a dystopian um, or very unfortunate future for the United States with an authoritarian government and what amounts to gulag-style um, corrective labor camps. A more authoritarian government, then? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, it's considerably more on the order of um, a, uh, a Soviet government or a Nazi government. We're talking here substantial differences between these camps and what people are talking about today. Now, um, and, and which kind of brings us to the, uh, the, the questions in, that were raised in the email I got from you, which is the reason for this, this interview, is... Um, your claim is that uh, is it more than a hundred thousand Americans uh, emigrate, leave the United States every year? Actually, the number is um, well in excess of three hundred thousand. Um, the government estimates, um, as of two thousand, were um, just short of three hundred thousand a year. Um, so we have um, actual census estimates and Department of State estimates that show that. We have overseas now over 5 million American citizens. That's probably closer to 7 or 8 million. Um, so about 300,000 leave every year, and you have um, 441,000 as of, I guess, a couple of years ago, collecting their Social Security checks actually to foreign addresses. Now, you know, if, you're, if you're living abroad, you can have your, your, your Social Security check deposited in the U.S., but that's a whole other uh, 
uh, group of people. So you can imagine how many people have already retired abroad or set up their residence abroad um, and are um, no longer part of our economy. They've taken their money with them, they've taken their skills, and they are uh, essentially free of what they um, uh, consider the high cost of living, the high cost of regulation, and the other things that drive people away. Now, um, the... If you move elsewhere, you know, there's the, the United States says that you're supposed to pay taxes, but they really have no uh, system for collecting them. Isn't that right? Well, this is a, uh, this, you're raising a very important point, and there's some important distinctions to go with it. Um, the United States taxes you on your worldwide income. So you could have a, you know, a factory in Italy and it earns a profit of, let's say, $100,000 a year, and that's taxable to you. Um, but if you um, expatriate, that this expatriation tax kicks in. If you have a net worth of above $2 million and an annual um, taxable income above somewhere above $130,000 or $40,000 because it's indexed, um, then you're presumed to be expatriating for tax avoidance reasons. And this expatriation tax, which used to be a, a different thing, now is essentially a constructive sale of all your worldwide assets at the moment you renounce your citizenship. So imagine you've got some assets here, you've got some assets overseas. Uh, the government says, okay, we're going to sell them all, calculate the capital gain, and that you've got you to pay us now. Wow. Now, you know, that's like you know, anyone who sold their house um, knows that when you sell that house, you've got to pay, um, let's, say, let's say that house isn't a good example, let's say you sell a, a, a stock or you sell a, a business or a piece of land, you've got to pay taxes um, that year, which means that um, if you have to, um, uh, you may have to, you may, you may have to, to sell your assets in order to pay that tax. Right. So, so if, you, if you were to have, uh, t- uh, you know, a stock A and you sold it at a profit and then you bought stock B in order to, uh, you know, make more gains, make more, make some more money with your money, you would still have the capital gains on stock A. You would have to pay those taxes in some manner or another, even though the money has moved on to stock B, right? Right, and so this is a deterrent, but it's not a something that essentially works. What people have been doing is um, they they ever since 1996, when these um, acts of Congress have started with the, the initial expatriation tax, which was milder and worked differently. Um, essentially, it's been changed and modified and tightened in 2004, again in 2008, and then in 2010. There's some other provisions that are similar. Um, but what this uh, does is um, the, the, the folks will – it's intimidated people and it's forced them to make their plans in advance. Every time they pass the law, it shakes the tree loose, more people leave abroad. It's just that they're not notifying the jader when they, when they leave the door. Yeah, why would so they? What, no, they wouldn't. And there's no, there's no record-keeping when you depart, whether you're departing for a tourist trip or departing for good. So what they've, what they've done is they, first they move their assets – then they set up a residence abroad, uh, and they um, perhaps take out dual citizenship. When they've got that other citizenship and they've got their assets abroad, then they simply stop coming to the U.S. They stop filing tax returns. Yeah. Uh, at that point, the government can say, well, you still owe worldwide income, and we're going to tax your worldwide estate. But um, at that point, if you're not coming back and your assets aren't here, there's not a whole lot they can do. Right. There's no body for them to uh, to do anything with. And I mean, you know, that's that's how that's how you keep your slaves. You must have their body. If you don't have their right. body, they're no good to you. And, and this wasn't a problem until people started voting with their feet. 
And I think um, the reason why you're not reading about this in the mainstream press is that they realize that if this is covered in Forbes or Wall Street Journal or Time or Newsweek, more people would say, hey, listen, I don't want to be the last guy left at the table paying the check for the guys who got up and left. And so it simply would shake the tree loose. Now, what's the solution? Well, a real debate in Congress saying, why are people leaving? Americans have never done this before. What have we done to screw things up? That's a debate that would be constructive. They'd probably change the rule about worldwide taxation. They'd probably lower some of the regulatory hurdles and, and the tax rates and so on. And that would be a healthy thing for the country. But the people who are running things, it appears they don't want that. They would rather put an excess tax in, try to keep people from leaving. And what that leads to, the next step is an exit visa, where you can't leave without getting permission. Then after that, it's an internal passport, the way the Soviets had it. And then there's internal um, movement controls where you want to, if you're in Omaha, you want to live, move in New York, you can't do that. You've got to get a permit. Mm. You know, they've, I know they've already got these, uh, these checkpoints going on into the state of California. They're for agricultural reasons, but they're disturbing to see, you know, these checkpoints on the way into a state. Well, they check, those checkpoints, you know, look at, look at our, our toll system. Many of our, our states have toll roads. Yeah. And at the border, there's usually a toll. And um, with all the um, uh, easy pass and other electronic devices um, for paying those tolls, uh, what they are capable of doing now, and this has been demonstrated by some other experts in this field, and I don't claim to be an expert in it, they can essentially turn off those um, toll styles, and if they want to cut the border off, they simply don't allow you through. You can't pay your toll. You can't get through. There's a huge, then a huge um, backlog of traffic jam. Um, that people uh, stopped at the border, the traffic jam becomes the barrier. Hmm. I, I suppose that would, would work. Now, um, the, the I've heard that there's exit taxes just for the average individual who's deciding that they want to, you know, I decide I don't have the kind of money you're talking about, millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands in, in income or anything like that, but I decide I want to pick up and move to Argentina or something, that there's an exit tax even for people um, of my modest income. Is that so? No, I'm not aware of that. Okay. I'm not aware of a, of a tax that will apply there. But what we do have is capital controls. Now, again, folks aren't talking about it, but they, they, these are actually in operation. Uh, here, I'll give you an example. The Patriot Act is mostly, if you look at the, uh, the number of provisions in the Act, mostly about financial transfers. And if you are going to transfer a modest amount of money outside the United States, what you'll find different today than five or ten years ago is that these transfers are being held up by the Federal Reserve under the Patriot Act. Mm. And they're saying, well, this is because of drug money laundering, drug trade, and terrorism. But wait Always. a second. The people who are being applied to are the people who are you know, ordinary Americans. Right. And the terrorists use these hawalas or, or money exchanges. Uh, they're not using um, you know, uh, you know, First National Bank of Birmingham or whatever. Sure. Uh, so the, I think the Patriot Act is already a form of capital controls, and in 2010, there was an act passed, um, the, uh, the Hiring Incentives to Restore Employment Act, essentially imposed provisions which go into effect in 2013, whereby any foreign bank um, in, the U- in the U.S. has to withhold 30% of all, going out- all outgoing capital flows, which they, of course, remit to the Treasury, and also disclose the full details of non-exempt account holders. You know, if you're, if you're an ordinary citizen, you're not a, a bank or a financial institution, you're, a, you're not an exempt holder. 
uh, if you're if you're an institution, you are exempt. That you have rules that, that follow follow there. But if you're an ordinary Joe and you want to take out um, some money, to, let's say you want to buy a um, uh, a cottage in um, Panama or someplace um, for your vacation, uh, then that's you're going to have to show you pay tax that money before you can take it out, hmm. and there's going to be a record of that. That is this is new, and it's really um, I think very troubling. I would agree with you. That sounds very troubling to me. I think the average person would think that. Now, who are the who who are the kind of people that are expatriating? Would why would somebody want to to go? I mean, what's the you know what for whom is expatriation a good idea? I guess. Well, you know, this is fascinating, Mark, and I'm glad you raised that that issue um, at, at this point in the dialogue because oh, if you go online and you, let's say you're Imagine you're, you know, 60-something year old. You were just retired, and you find that your your income has been um, substantially reduced by the recent financial crash. And you say, well, how am I going to make do on the money that I'm getting now in income, especially with interest rates being paid to us being so low? Uh, anybody who's investing, you know, finds that uh, a real trouble these days. So let's say you say, okay, I can I can live pretty well in Costa Rica or Panama or Mexico or Australia or New Zealand. There are many new attractive places where people are going to, places that are actually courting American retirees. And um, uh, those folks are finding that, you know, I can get better, uh, cheaper health care there. My drugs are really cheap. The hospitalization is cheap. The standard of care is pretty darn good. I can get all my communications by the Internet. I can have a nice piece of real estate that may go up in value. I'm hedged against the dollar going down. Um, all these advantages of living, very fresh uh, food. Many of these American retirees are also very involved in local charities. They're actually actively in a community. They find that when they go overseas, they actually meet people and talk to people in person more often. Uh, they have more, more part of a community. So this is a lifestyle that's really growing. There are websites and books and magazines devoted to people who are moving. And now it's not just the retirees young people in their 30s and 40s and late 20s who have young children starting up businesses are saying, you know, it's pretty tough to start a business, let's say, in California or Massachusetts or um, um, Arizona. Maybe we should consider, you know, we speak a little Spanish. Maybe we should consider going to Chile or, or Ecuador or some place where we can practice, you know, we can be the first, um, you know, latte shop on the corner or we can be the first guy with... Um, a Baskin Robbins type store, or let's say a um, some some worldwide uh, um, business, uh, and folks are doing that. And so it's not just the, uh, the old guys anymore, but whoever it is, when they leave, that business isn't going to be built in America. Those taxes aren't going to be paid in America. And whenever those folks leave, the rest of us are paying their taxes because they're not the people who are. They are the people who are filing tax returns and paying money. The folks that are on. Uh, transfer payments, they're not leaving. Yeah, I mean, you know, why would they, right? Um, right? Even even if they do leave, they, they're still filing the tax returns and getting basically what amounts to welfare and the earned income tax credit or whatever it is, I'm sure. So, um, you know, there's a lot of folks you actually don't want them to file their returns because they're getting money back that they didn't put in in the first place. So well, On the, ta- the tax issue, oh, if you look at the tax statistics for 2008, there were 140-some million tax returns filed the top 1%, that's 1.4 million taxpayers, paid 38.2% of the income taxes. Now, you can imagine, if you're losing 300,000 um, know, American-born uh, American citizens every year, 
uh, if, you're, if you're losing that many, and even a few, even 20% of them are among that top 10% or it's top going 1%, fast. Yeah. that means the rest of us have to pay their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the top 5% of taxpayers pay more than the rest of the 95% put together. Yeah. So if you lose, if you lose even moderately wealthy people, people who can afford to retire on their income, that's a big bite out of our economy. I suspect you're you're losing a lot of those people. Would be my guess is because the taxes here, it's not like they're they're going down or anything like that. These uh, you're talking about wealthy people. These people have been around the world. They've seen the lifestyles in other countries. They've said to themselves, "Oh, this is interesting. I like it here. I like it there." And they think, "Well, you know, it's it's worth going over there for this, and I can save some money and and that kind of thing." There's certainly retirees that are taking their uh, their Social Security and they're going, and then their money isn't returned to the United States in that same way. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, this is a, I would say, I would say this is a crisis. And there's a big kicker coming, Mark, and that's um, people that haven't written about it um, in, in a large way. But, okay, let's say there are several things in Obamacare that are critical. One is that um, physician-owned hospitals, private hospitals can't expand. If you're a group of doctors, you can't open a new clinic. And also, you won't be able to accept anybody anybody's cash money, you have to, um, uh, they have to be paying with um, Medicaid or Medicare. Mm. So let's say a few years from now, you're a wealthy person who can afford to pay whatever it takes to stay healthy, uh, to get your operation, your hip replacement, or whatever that Medicaid says, or M- Medicare says, Obamacare says, no, you're not going to get that hip replacement, sir, because we don't think our cost-benefit analysis um, has you covered. So you have to do without that. So you say, okay, I'll pay cash. And you go down to your local hospital that you paid, maybe you've made contributions every year. It's kind of hedging your bets. They'll say, sorry, Mr. Jones, we would be breaking the law. We'll go to jail if we take your $70,000 for this operation. I'm sorry, we can't help you. You stand in line over at the Obamacare office. And so that guy's going to say, you know what? This doesn't work for me. That Thailand clinic or that Mexican clinic or that Panamanian clinic, they'll do it for a fraction of the cost. I can live well, get really good care. I'm gone. I've heard of uh, farmers um, in some of the southern, uh, southwestern portions of the United States have decided that it's just it's not worth farming in the United States anymore because they can't get cheap labor. So they've moved their farms to Mexico, and they're actually doing it there too. So, I, I, what should a person who's uh, like considering taking up residence in other countries, who's thinking about doing this, what do they do to protect themselves from this arduous tax? Well, I'm not a tax advisor. I used to be a tax lawyer years ago, but um, uh, I would say consult their accountant, consult their, their tax attorney, and do some planning. Everyone's uh, situation is different. Everyone's um, obligations to family and friends and relatives is different, obligations to the community. Um, but uh, uh, you don't want to be the last guy uh, before they uh, close the border. So when do you... I mean, do you have any kind of predictions as to when this border uh, closing goes? I mean, you know, the uh, Americans just don't seem to think this could ever possibly happen to them. Well, the, the dangerous thing is that it could happen at any point if there is an event that triggers a reaction by the government. Let's say there's another financial crash, and there's a few very um, prominent people who are covered in the media as, you know, expatriating. That will, that will um, fuel a flurry of people in Congress saying, hey, they've got to close the door here. Let's impose an exit tax. Let's do this. Let's do that. And before you know it, there are substantial controls on it. People actually physically leaving, um, and also tra- uh, exit capital controls can go up in a heartbeat. Um, 
So, uh, again, I can't advise any particular person, but this is the kind of choice you've got to think about in advance. Uh, there are substantial risks to breaking the tax law as it currently exists. So um, you don't want to be one of those guys that, that opens one of those secretive um, uh, bank accounts and tries to hide it because there's a world of hurt that could follow that. So one has to be very careful. Um, but the well, folks that have... How about... Uh, now, you say they can they force you to uh, to sell assets if if you have a, a company in other countries. But what about, say, precious metals? Um, you know, if you have precious metals in your car and you're driving across to, to Mexico and uh, you know what, what can they do about that can I, can I legally just transport pre- precious metals to Mexico I guess is what my question is well that's um, that's a legal question that I um, don't have expert opinion on but you that we do know that if you're taking ten thousand dollars or more out of the country that you've got to report that or you've got to file a, a return whether you're leaving by plane or by boat or, or presumably by car when you go to the um, the border station and if you violate that and, and, and you're caught, you know, you're really in trouble. So that's something that's be, to be considered um, very seriously. Um, so if you've got a substantial amount of physical assets and you want to physically move them, um, that rec- that's going to require some planning. Gotcha. Now, um, you know, some people would say that, uh, that choosing to leave the country when she's, she's not doing as well as she was a couple of years ago, is, 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 it's, ter- it's, it's unethical. It's, it's, it's not a good thing to do. What, would you, what do you say about that? Well, you know what, you gave me giving me a great opening here, um, Mark, because Chapter 2 of uh, 40 Days at Camus is that situation. The protagonist, Paul Wagner, is sitting there with his wife, Louise, and their, their attorney, and they're in a fall day overlooking a hill in Swickley, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. They're watching refugees leave Pittsburgh for parts south because they're not, they don't want to freeze over the winter. This is, again, in 20, 20, 2022. And um, they're, they're debating whether or not to sell their, um, their business, uh, that which Paul has built over his lifetime, to a lowball offer from a European company, a bottom feeder. And uh, his wife says, Paul, how can you do that? You know, you, you've built this business by hand, and both our families have been here in the U.S. for generations. You know, it's just wrong to do that, and why don't we just wait it out? And the, um, the lawyer says, you know, I can tell you this is probably the best offer you're going to get. Um, and things could get worse, so I would advise that you sell. And you can pick up, take your assets overseas, um, make, there's still time for that. Start a new life, you're still young, um, and also your children won't be subject to this. And, but Paul decides to stay, and that's where the beginning of um, 40 Days at Camus starts. He's in a corrective labor camp in Utah with, with no way out. And his wife and children are taken to a, a transit um, a detention camp, and the story begins there. So how would uh, somebody go about uh, buying this, uh, this series of yours? Well, it's um, available at my website, which is PrestonFleming.com, or at Amazon.com, or Barnes & Noble, or Sony Bookstore, or the um, Apple Bookstore for your iPad. Um, and it's, um, uh, on my website, it's got a synopsis, and a synopsis of each of the three books in the Camus Trilogy, and uh, free, free sample chapters. Excellent. Well, if folks are uh, going to buy them through uh, through through Amazon, I'd ask that they go to shop.freetalklive.com to do so. And uh, Preston, thanks for this uh, great interview. It's been enlightening. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. Hope to talk to you with you again. Yes, sir. Thank you. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, 
fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Jane Neal Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.